G'day surfs, AOS coach here, and we are talking all things flesh eater courts, and it's not that rotten little delicious piece that you've been chewing on for the last three or so years. I have a brand new battle tome for you to enjoy, and in this grand feast, we are going to get into the Royal Menagerie, that is your new allegiance abilities, your war scrolls, your all of the great things that are coming, in fact, new models, you've got some new models, like uh, I, I did, uh, luckily Games Workshop did send me a copy of the Battle Tome and the uh, the book in advance, uh, well, the box in advance actually, and um, I've, I've actually built it all up, super quick, uh, really nice models. But in this video, we are going to go through and do a robust preview into the new Flesh Eater Course third edition uh, book. We're going to go through the War Scrolls, your Allegiance abilities, your enhancements, all the things available to you. And um, before I introduce my guest, I do just want to say that Games Workshop did send this to me in advance. So uh, thank you for sending this across uh, early. And if you are thinking about buying this, you can buy it from my affiliate partners, Warpfire Minis in the USA, as well as Element Games in the UK. If you do so and you click the link down below, you will be helping the channel. And uh, I have some exciting things I'm planning and uh, starting to work on for next year. So uh, all of that support is greatly appreciated. But I am joined today by the abhorrent Christian Bug, uh, one of Ushoran's very first Ghoul Kings and long-term Flesh Eater Courts player, uh, someone who has done incredibly well on the tournament scene for a long time. And Christian and I are going to unpack this book. Christian, this is not hey. the first time you've seen it. You had a little bit of time in advance. And uh, how are you feeling? And introduce yourself. Hi guys, um, my name is Christian. As um, Coach said, I've been playing um, Flesh Eater Courts for quite a long time. Um, and yeah, definitely uh, keen to see the new book um, and get into it. So I have had a, um, yeah, a bit of a head start on the book, which has been really fun to get into. But I think there's a lot of changes, um, a lot of the changes for the better. Um, and I think um, future FEC players and current FEC players will be really excited to get into it. So um, yeah, I think let's just get started. Yeah, before I maybe before we get started, I do want to probably call out that um, we did have Dawnbringers Book One, where we did see some War Scroll updates. Obviously, we had the uh, the Marrow Scroll Herald come out. We had an update to the Ghouls, the Horrors, and the Flayers. So those changes have come over, but everything else has been a fundamental change. There has been changes to your allegiance abilities. Uh, you were the last of the sub-factions where you had your command trait and your artifacts, you know, kind of predetermined. That has changed. Uh, some of the things that came to you from White Dwarf, like your grand strategy and your battle tactics have changed. Uh, and maybe one other thing to call out here, and we will do our best to, to go through the book, um, but I will call out as well that a lot of the names have been recycled. So you'll notice, for example, like the Grim Garland, you're like, okay, I know that artifact really well. Don't skip over what I say because a lot of the names are the same, but they've changed. And sometimes dramatically they've changed it as well. So uh, it's not like a re-roll ones to a plus one. They actually might have fundamentally changed an ability altogether. So um, we're going to unpack all the rules as, and the war scrolls. And you probably want me to shut up at this point and get into it. But before I flick it onto the screen, Christian, What's the number one thing? So I, I was able to get Christian uh, on to see the rules a little little bit in advance. So this is not a blind preview for us. What's your thing that you're most excited about from this particular book? I think my biggest thing is when I first picked up this book, I had a look at it and 
a lot of things seem they automatically jump out they seem really cool like you said a lot of things they might have the same or a similar name and you're like okay cool let's let's look at the recycled rules but it's actually not at all things have been tweaked in a lot of ways um for example things like command points um which we'll see later they were such a huge part of this army like you could not run this army without saving points for feeding frenzy um whether if, if it was gristle gore you had fight on death all those sorts of things You'll be you'll be waiting in the wind for a command point, basically, apart from the normal ones, because we've gone away from those. A lot of things have changed, um, and I think this book is just put together really well in the sense that once you look at things and put them into combinations, this book will be really, really interesting and fun to play. So I think the combinations that you're going to get out of this book is probably um, the thing I'm most excited about. Yeah, I, I, I will reinforce that. Uh, think about this as a fresh battle tome because it's going to be easy to go, well, I used to be able to summon a free unit from my Sharnel mm. throne. Like, really, like, it's gone. It's done. Yeah. Spoiler, yeah, yeah. spoiler alert, you can't do it anymore. But keep <laughs> a, a really open mind, and uh, I think you'll enjoy the rules. So Absolutely. Christian, we get into this? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, so... Let's start off at an allegiance ability and your all your traits, right? So um, first things first, your grand courts don't change. So you still have Morgant, you still have Blister Skin, you still have Hollow Mourn, and you have no Grizzle Gore. We'll pause this conversation until I bring up the rules at an appropriate time. Interestingly, interestingly enough, there is no additional uh, grand courts. I did think they might add one or two, but uh, nothing has changed there other than the actual rules. Yep, no, that's right. And like you mentioned before, previously it was, um, you know, you had a predetermined command ability, you had a predetermined or whatever you had to take with a, a be an artifact trait, it was all preset. Um, that has now obviously gone and we'll see a bit later on how that is going to affect the actual army now by um, picking one of these grand courts. Yeah, so you'll, you'll now get a choice of your first artifact. You won't need to go into Warlord or Command Entourage to get yourself an extra artifact. Should you be looking for multiples, uh, you're going to have a lot more flexibility, which is uh, a really nice thing. Yep, the absolutely. Big, the, the big first change that probably we want to call out here, and you'll notice that this will be a reoccurring theme. So the Noble Deeds really do spend some time to understand the Noble Deeds. So a couple of key bullet points here. First, each time a friendly Flesh Eater Quartz hero successfully casts a spell that is not unbound, you gain one Noble Deed point for that hero, not the faction, the hero. Uh, the same is true when you chant a prayer Wait a second, Flesh Eater Courts now have a prayer and a priest. Interesting. We'll find out more as we go through it. So every time you cast a spell and it's not uh, it, it's it's not unbound, you get yourself a, that hero gets itself a point. Uh, your prayers, you get, you get yourself a point from your priest. Each time a friendly Flesh Eater Courts hero fights, after all of its attacks have been resolved, give that hero a number of noble deed points equal to the number of wounds or mortal wounds caused by that hero in that phase that were allocated to an enemy unit. Now, do not count the wounds or the mortal wounds caused by the hero's mount. Cool. So there's three ways to generate these noble deed points. Each Flesh Eater Quartz hero can have a maximum of six noble deed points at any at one time. So you're just going to basically, uh, you can obviously gain more throughout the game, uh, but you, you're going to spend, you might spend them, uh, and you obviously can go back to six, but you can never go more than six. 
Christian, thoughts so far? So first and foremost, I think from a thematic and like a law point of view, I think this is amazing because we all know that it's actually not flesh eater courts. It's actually questing knights, beautiful Pegasus flying through the sky. So we're talking about noble deeds. So I think this is really good because this is now a thematic way to play an army, which your army is going to be heavily based around too. So we're going to see later that it's going to be a juggle for players. So I think this is going to be fun for players to either save up and use for other things, or they're going to expend them for other things as well. So this is definitely something that um, is going to be a core a, a core component of playing this army from now on. So there's a real trade-off here, at the, and you, as we go through it, you'll start to notice this, that you will get abilities by spending your Noble Deed points, or by keeping on your six, uh, you will gain extra benefits. So it's really up to you and how you want to kind of leverage these points. But kind of there is a little bit more bookkeeping than you had in the past where previously you had that once per game free summon, you spent the CP and then you go out and smash and you don't have to worry about those resources. So there is a little bit more, but through that does give you flexibility, utility and some things you can do uh, that previously you weren't able to do. Yeah, absolutely. And like you like you mentioned, this is something that you can generate as you go through the game. So you can spend and you can basically regenerate them. So it's just going to be a, a micromanagement, I think, of the army, depending on what you've built, how you've built and what you're trying to achieve um, based on the game state. Just get yourself some uh, funny colored D6 or mm. uh, D8s or some type Stack of other up. type of dice. Find, find a way to separate it from like your wounds and things like that. Mm. Uh, maybe one call out I'll just quickly make, just for anyone who doesn't connect the dots, is it is only for the hero, not the mount. So if you have a, a Ghoul King on a Terrorgeist, for example, only the attacks that are coming from the Ghoul King are going to generate you the Noble D points, not the, uh, the, the Terror Geist, the Zombie Dragon, or any other type of mount. Yeah, absolutely. Just call that one out, because obviously you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to put my Zombie Dragon straight away and get that. No. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, one round of combat, you got six. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, Coach, what on earth can I do with these Noble D points? Well, I'm glad you asked, Christian. So first off, uh, you have Feeding Frenzy. Now, you get to add one to the attack characteristic of melee weapons used by friendly flesh-eater course units while they're wholly within 12 inches of any friendly heroes that have six Noble D points. So... Get yourself six, whether it's through casting spells, uh, attacking, uh, chanting prayers. You get yourself up to six. Uh, you are now giving a aura of plus one attack characteristic uh, while a uh, unit is wholly within 12 inches of a friendly hero with six. Yep, so this is definitely one of those incentives to save those six points up. So noting, though, that it doesn't necessarily stack because you're still going to be wholly within 12. So for people that think they're going to get plus 15 to the attacks characteristic, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. Um, but no, I think plus one to attacks characteristic is very healthy. It's very nice. And being Feeding Frenzy, it's obviously gone well away from the previous um, iteration where you could fight again, basically. Um, but I think this is really nice and it's going to be a very handsome buff on um, particular units. The alternative, right, is, okay, so I've got my six noble deed points and I can get plus one attack if I'm uh, creating this aura of, you know, wholly within 12. Alternatively, if you want to start spending those points, you've got the muster guard ability. So at the end of your movement phase, each friendly courtier can spend one of their noble deed points to return one slain model 
for a friendly surf unit that is that is within 10 inches of them or they can spend two noble deed points to return a slain model to a friendly knight unit now you can use this ability multiple multiple times so long as you have the required noble deed points so uh, if you need to start regenerating and you might remember uh, the muster rules from the past, you're now using your noble deed points. Yep. So this was the rule in the previous iteration where you basically roll a bunch of dice for um, knights. So things like your horrors, your flayers, things like that. Um, for every five plus, you would get a model back and serfs were on a two plus. Um, in, previous, you know, in previous times, you might double or triple stack courtiers behind a big block of horrors or something and then suddenly you're mustering everything back i mean this is still viable and when i looked at this i was like cool this makes sense i like it but when you combine this with something else it's going to get really spicy a bit later so i think this is still really nice to have because it's still a fundamental part of how um beck had always played are you talking about the spicy where you can reduce the knights down yes, by a point? Yes. Yeah, cool. Yes. Cool. So so there are ways and there are tricks as well. So as we go through it, there are ways to reduce things like, for example, uh, the six noble deed points, maybe to four noble deed points. There are ways to get uh, additional points you know, quicker. There are going to be ways, as we just mentioned, with the muster. So just follow along with the journey. There are ways to tweak and enhance if you want to play into a certain space. But so I can use my noble deed points to either get a plus one attack through feeding frenzy when I have six noble deed points. I can start mustering uh, bodies without the dice roll by spending points. The final way I can spend those points is at the end of the movement phase through uh, summon loyal subjects. Each friendly abhorrent can spend six of their noble deed points to summon a loyal subject. If you do so, pick one friendly surf or knight unit that has been destroyed and add the new replacement unit identical to the unit to your army with half the models uh, that were destroyed. So you round up. So if I take three horrors, uh, rounding up would be two on the return. Now you set them up uh, wholly within six inches of the battle edge of, of the edge of the battlefield and more than nine inches from all enemy units. Uh, each destroyed unit can only be replaced once. So if you uh, if that unit of three turns to two and then you try to bring back the two, you can't. Uh, you can only do it once per unit. Uh, and then the the great thing as well is the remaining models that are, that are not set up. Uh, because the three goes to two, for example, it does count as being slain and you can return them using the muster guard ability or the rally command. So if you're trying to bring back the ghouls from 10 to five and then try to grow them back, you've still got rally, you've still got muster to increase the unit size. Yep. So this is um, essentially, in the way that they're set up, is essentially what it was before when you had to summon on units. It was wholly within six, nine, um, wholly within six of the board edge, nine away, which is cool. So this is another thing where similar but tweaked, and I think in a, in a much nicer way. Um, but definitely important to note that the keyword here is abhorrent. So abhorrence can do this. Courtiers are more so mustering things back, whereas the abhorrence are the ones that are actually bringing units back. So I think it's important to note if you're going to play an army like this and you're thinking that you want to run an endless spam of, of models, then you're going to probably have to have a good balance between the two of Abhorrence and um, Courtiers. Great call out. So as I'm thinking about list construction, I may want to consider at least one Abhorrent. I also might want to consider at least one Courtier keyword. Uh, should I be thinking about 
an army that maybe not be completely focused, but you wanted to start maximizing that you know, recursion and the regeneration of models. Uh, alternatively, maybe you don't and you just want to go out and smash and, and maximize that feeding frenzy. Then in that case, it doesn't really matter what hero. It's just as long as you're a hero for, for the feeding frenzy. Yep, absolutely. Yep, definitely. And that will be like you'll you'll have all those sorts of choices at your disposal once you actually figure out exactly what you want to achieve from that army. So Christian, with the three concepts in mind, whether it's feeding frenzy, muster guard, or summon loyal subjects, when you look at those rules, are you thinking about keeping yourself maximum at that plus one attacks through the the heroes and you just want to get feeding frenzy as quick as possible uh is your play style more about that recursion and bringing back models and just this constant wave of bodies do you see a, a like how do you read this so where i'm at my very i always go off my very first thoughts and whatever stands out to me is generally what i like to go with so i think Despite whatever your army is, I think you're going to have to find a balance between the two because it's nice to have plus two attacks, but it's also nice to get bodies back. So I think things like getting bodies back will always be around having big blocks, whether it's ghouls, whether it's horrors, flayers, whatever you might want to use. But there's nothing better than running a nine block of horrors or something and then just getting half the wipe unit back. Like, it's just fantastic to actually get. Um, so for me, that's really good. So if you want a lot of bodies, you're trying to take objectives, cool. You might want muster. If you want board presence and you're worried about losing units, you might want to take a couple of abhorrence to get some units back. Or alternatively, if you just want to get stuck in absolutely smash the hell out of stuff, cool. Save up your points, get feeding frenzy off, and then try and go in. So for me, I think everything has a place, but I ideally want to use, I think, a bit of a mix. And not to ruin, ruin Christmas for anyone just yet, but if you are someone like me who loves their grizzle gore and wants to do as little bodies as humanly possible, there may or may not be a way to bring back a monster. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll save that till later. But again, there's a lot of ways that you can play around with this. So um, follow along with us. Uh, and then finally, and we can probably skip this one pretty quickly, but Deathless Courtier, which doesn't really change since the last book, uh, all, yeah. of your, all of your peeps have a, a ward of six plus. Yep. Maybe, maybe another little interesting tidbit is there's some ways to play around with that too. So a certain, a certain unit that might be in this box, which by the way, highly enjoyable box to build, uh, there might be a way to manipulate your ward saves as well. So we'll mm. see that. Anything else you'd want to mention at this point, Christian? So far, so good. Definitely different. Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, um, uh, put that under the rug. Definitely Feeding Frenzy has changed. Muster, is, muster reinforcements has definitely changed. But overall, what, what are our thoughts on our allegiance abilities of the new book? Yeah, I think that based on what we've seen, it's just important to note everything Everything has a place in this book. So there's generally ways to tweak it, manipulate it. So whatever you see at face value, just know that it can be different, if not better. So I think, yeah, I think people are going to be really excited to see what we can do with some of these things. Cool. Uh, the next thing we have is we have our Courts of Delusion. And Flesh Eater Courts would not be an army without your delusions. You also have some uh, heroic actions and some monstrous rampages. So let's start with the, the courts. So you used to have six courts. There are now five. The one that I noticed that has disappeared is the Matter of Honor, uh, where you'd be able to re-roll hits. And to surprise, there is a lot of disappeared re-rolls. That's a, a rule that has kind of been re reduced from the game. 
but there are still elements of rerolls in here, especially when it comes to the fanged more. As soon as I saw that rule and being able to yes, reroll yeah, fanged yeah. more attacks, I'm like, yeah. giddy up. Giddy it's like, it's like Gotrek, go fishing for sixes. <laughs> so good. Uh, again, yeah. my, my grizzle go hard. I look, I'm oh, an yeah, OG, yeah. I'm an OG no. G Royal Menagerie first edition yeah. player. Uh, yeah. where like I love it. I love it. I love the monster mash. So you're you're um at the start of the first battle round after players have received their starting command points, but before the start of the first turn, you can pick one of the following delusions to apply to your army. So the Royal Hunt gives you plus one to wound rolls for attacks made by flesh eater courts units that uh, target a monster. Crusading Army gives you plus one to run rolls and charge rolls for friendly flesh eater courts units. Uh, Defenders of the Realm gives you plus one to your save rolls for friendly flesh eater courts units while they are contesting objectives that you control. The Grand Tournament adds plus one to your hit rolls for attacks made by friendly flesh eater courts units that are not uh, general if they made a charge move in the same turn. And then finally, Feast Day, uh, the, fr- the Feeding Frenzy ability applies to friendly flesh eater courts units while they're wholly within 12 inches of any heroes that have four or more noble deeds, not six. We talked about manipulating and playing with the rules on the pa- prior page. Here is our first example with, fl- with Feast Day. So when we look at the, the delusions, um, what stands out for you? What do you like? Is there ones that are clearly better than others? Talk to me. So I think first and foremost, the Courts of Delusion, this is really good that we've actually gone from before the old rule was either pick one or you roll a D6. Every one was about feast day. It gave a free CP, all that sort of stuff um, to be used on Feeding Frenzy. But now it's actually good because the key thing for me was I was like, so I can turn up to a game and I can just pick one depending on the, the matchup. So, I mean, if I'm going into big, scary Gargants, cool, I'll just pick the Royal Hunt. Your whole army gets plus one to wound against monsters, which is fantastic. So I think depending on the matchup, the battle plan, all that sort of stuff, you can have that flexibility to pick one, I think. So we talked about maybe running big blocks of ghouls or horrors if you're trying to contest points. Amazing. Defenders of the Realm looks like a no-brainer. You move up, jump on the point, start safe stacking, then suddenly you've got a big a big block that somebody needs to shift or alternatively i'm with you coach i think of anyone that's played me i'm a big monster mash fan so i actually like the um the add one to run and charge rolls because i want to actually super you know soup something up get up in the face i actually really like that um and that is something that is going to be important for later as well um but these things I think are really good, but feast day is nice, I think, because it also gives you that chance to try and get your army online a lot sooner than waiting for those extra two points. Um, and that also will matter a bit later um, when considering benefits of having four points and things like that. So good flexibility depending on the battle plan, but everything is viable here just depending on what you want to achieve. Yeah, I like the ability to be able to respond to your opponent. Nothing's worse than picking, um, you know, a crusading army right and i'm up against iron jaws who are up in my face in turn one or big one I'm like okay right well what was the real benefit of plus one to run and plus one to charge but being able to respond to my opponent and having the flexibility at a tournament is great um mm-hmm. for me as well feeding for uh, the feast day is probably my favorite purely yep. because it allows me to still use my muster abilities to uh, and and bring on one or two extra models and still keeping my feeding frenzy at the level of four. So, uh, yeah. and the fact that it's uh, all your heroes as well, um, not just your general, 
-hmm. for me, I really like that that flexibility. But uh, you know, even to to start the process, getting the royal hunt, and let's say it's a mega gargan army, boom, plus yep. one to wound, or uh, being able to get the the plus one to save while testing objectives. You're at six objectives on the on the battle plan. Great. Uh, yeah. All, all, all good in their own way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even looking at Defenders of the Realm, you might have, um, without going too much into it, you might have a unit with a 5 plus save, move on to a point, suddenly there are 4, you all out defend, you've got a unit that's now suddenly at a 3 plus save. With ward saves, like, it becomes actually a lot better. So Mystic these shield, are all, cover. Yeah, man. Yeah, just... absolutely. These are all good things. So I think, yeah, they, they all have a place... Um, in yeah in your game plan so it's nice walk up pick one whatever benefits you go for gold yeah love the flexibility there uh yep. speaking of flexibility there's also two new heroic actions uh the first one obviously it's it's for you know instead of picking a traditional one like heroic recovery or heroic whatever willpower uh you can uh, flesh eater courts hero can pick one of the following so uh rousing orination or I'm terrible at words. It's been a long. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's a long. It's been a long day, folks. Uh, pick one friendly flesh eater quartz hero and roll a dice for each other friendly flesh eater quartz unit wholly within twelve inches of that hero. Uh, so basically, he's probably got on a podium and is is delivering a speech like he's Tony Robbins or some type of politician. <laughs> uh, and for each five plus, you get to give one noble deed point to that hero. The other one is the scent of blood. So pick one friendly flesh eater quartz hero and roll a dice. On a three plus, you can make a D6 move with that hero, but it must finish that move more than three inches from all other enemy units and closer to an enemy unit that has a wound allocated to it. This, I think, the rousing oration, that is something that I think will be, if you can afford to do it, would be a very good first turn pick, especially if you're trying to get, like, once again, used in conjunction with feast day, awesome. If you want those four points straight away, you're going to see you can generate it through um, something else, but this is definitely a good way. So if you're deploying and you're pretty tight with your units, you might just get a whole bunch of fives off. It might be quite nice to just instantly stack up that feeding frenzy. So this is a fantastic first turn pick for me, and it's probably something that I will always go for. Um, scent of Blood. I'm always interested when I see free moves. I'm like, awesome. I think you can do quite a lot with it. Um, if you're in the hero phase, fair enough, it's on a three plus, might not be guaranteed. Um, but I think any kind of increased movement out of turn is actually very handy, especially if you want to try and get move run charges off and things like that. Cool, we'll take it. It also gets around the redeploys and things like that. You might be able to move up, um, set up a screen, block off maybe a choke point, like get somewhere out of position where your opponent didn't expect you to be. It's all good stuff to try and get those free movements out of this book. So I think that's a really good one as well. Might get yourself a wizard in range uh, or a yeah. priest in range now because you've gotten the extra uh, movement to to get into unbinder or you know a spell that's in a certain range you were out that number is out is mm -hmm. now in uh, as you mentioned the um, be able to avoid a redeploy and that that d6 might be enough that you're you're willing to take the charge without a move and not trigger the redeploy um, yep. which is which is brilliant yeah. Um, which I is like horrendous when you're versing Iron Jaws. It's really frustrating when they get that move and you're like, so I can't redeploy? No, I can't. This is really good for that, yeah. 
yeah, I, I really like it. And I think to your point as well, the uh, the the big inspiring speech, turn one, set them up in deployment, uh, really try to get as many heroes in that 12-inch bubble as possible. And you're starting yourself, because you don't need that many CP in turn one, let's be honest. Mm. And, you know, it's worth the risk to take that heroic action to get yourself some extra noble D points, especially if you go feast day. But even if you don't, to get the difference up to six, just to get yep. it faster up to six, you add then a cast or two, and all of a sudden you might be at three three before even getting into combat. So a nice way to start the momentum for me. Um, yep. But you're right, like the scent of blood, good, but it is a heroic action that'll happen on a three plus. So yeah. ch chance to fail, but uh, I think moving outside of uh, the movement phase is worth the risk. Yeah, yep, absolutely. The other thing as well to call out is we have two monstrous rampages. So this is available to your Terrorgeist and your Zombie Dragons, both keyworded. So you obviously your uh, your Ghoul King and your regular versions, um, do, do whatever you want. Uh, there are two of them. So the first one is Delectable Appetizer. Uh, pick one enemy unit that has a wound characteristic of two or less and is within three inches of this unit and roll a dice. On a three plus, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Then for each mortal wound that was caused to that enemy unit and was not negated, the unit heals a wound. The other one is blood curdling shriek. Pick one enemy unit within three inches of this unit and roll the dice. On a three plus, subtract two from the bravery characteristic of that enemy unit until the end of the turn. So we obviously have Raw, Stomp, Titanic, Jewel, and all the others available to us. How do these two stack up uh, compared to our traditional Monstrous Rampages? So because I am so inclined towards monsters, these are definitely something I'm going to use. Um, I think the Delectable Appetizers, it's just a better Stomp, albeit it's a, on a 3+. plus. Um, but for every wound that you're causing, you're trying to heal back. So that's definitely something that is um, important if you want to keep those monsters alive as well. Yes, in the previous iteration, we've seen things like Royal Blood. You can get back D3 wounds. But this is just something that's quite helpful because it can keep you alive that much longer to try and, if it's on a Terrorgeist, you're trying to fish for those sixes. Sometimes it's nice just to keep you in the fight. So I think this is something I'm going to use. Um, alternatively, the Shriek. At face value, I've never really lent into bravery things unless I was looking at things like flayers, um, terror geist, rolling for those mortal wounds. Um, but I mean, two to bravery characteristics, it's on a three plus, so not guaranteed, but two from a bravery characteristic is quite good. Now, if we use this in conjunction with something else to stack into minus bravery, say, this is say, yeah, yeah, yeah. On. So we're going to see, um, the Grim Garland is something that previously was two um, to neg bravery. It's now a one. So if you use this in conjunction with the Grim Garland, which happens to go to three, if we drop in a zombie dragon, which now does not allow inspiring presence near it, this is going to be huge. You will absolutely delete screens, big blocks of chaff, like hordes of gobos, whatever it might be. This will actually pay dividends. So I think if we're minusing three to bravery and you're just wiping out bodies, you, you just it's just going to help clear clear the rest of the unit. So this is going to be fantastic. So another thing looks okay at face value, no worries. But then using conjunction with other rules, I think this is just going to absolutely yeah, it's going to be hot for certain armies for sure. Skaven, gobos, whatever has low bravery anyway. 
And you still, by the way, have royal blood as well. So there's other mm -hmm. ways to heal, and it might allow you to to do the uh, the rousing oronation uh, because you don't need the heroic recovery um, mm -hmm. because you might be able to use the the, the heal from the electable appetizer. Mm -hmm. You got royal blood, or it's just keeping you fighting on the highest brackets. Uh, mm -hmm. You might take some damage from an unleash hell. It'll, again, you can heal and, and, and come back to life. And um, and then, as you said, you know, combine it nicely with things like um, there's actually some other ways to, like, increase the royal blood. So, again, mm. a lot of great ways to play around with it. I think both of them are fun, but they're not always valuable to go up against a bravery of eight or a ten. Mm. Uh, yeah. Not so no, not so valuable, but, you know, making some some chaos or some undead runaway is, is pretty fun, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot. There's a few armies out there with high bravery, but I mean, this is something that you have in your toolkit now. So you can choose it, you can run with it, and it might pay dividends. If not, fine. You can go with a raw, with you know whatever it might be, Titanic Jewel, if you're fighting another monster. But it's at least in your repertoire, so you've got something to use now. Yeah, more more options is great, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, I'm a fan of it. They both work. It'll just be picking the right uh, monstrous rampage at the right yeah. time. Roar and Stomp are still fantastic. Titanic Jill still fantastic. Pick yeah. what works for you. Absolutely, and like we said, this is just going to be—it's uh, just going to be fantastic when used in conjunction with a zombie dragon and things like that. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so once we get to the wall, the wall scrolls, you'll start to see what Christian's kind of unfolding, and there's so many ways to play around with different rules. So whatever kind of stands out for you. So mm -hmm. uh, we've already mentioned that uh, the command traits, the artifacts, and all of the things that you used to have to be locked into a sub faction is no longer locked in. So you are free to choose your command traits. You are free to choose your artifact or artifacts if you take uh, battalions. So your enhancement, your command traits, you have three for your abhorrent generals and three for your courtier generals. So um, you have shadowy, uh, what's that say? Obscure, ob ob uh, I can't pronounce that. Obfuscation. Um, that's that. That's what I said. I could, it must yeah. have translated through the no, I heard, I heard through, it. Yep. Yep. through the internet. Um, so this general is not visible to enemy models uh, that are more than 12 inches away from them. By the way, these are the abhorrent, um, these are the abhorrent ones. So for anyone who's uh, listening to via the podcast and you don't have the visuals, I highly recommend you come onto YouTube and see the visuals. But if you happen to, to not be able to do so, uh, so you can make your general not visible for enemy model, models uh, more than 12 inches away. Feverish Scholar, you add plus one to your casting rolls, dispelling rolls, and unbinding rolls for the general. And if the general has six noble deed points, you add two to the casting, dispelling, and unbinding roll instead of one for that general. Finally, Master of the Menageries, uh, when using the Summon Royal Subjects battle trait, you can pick one friendly Flesh Eater Court's monster that is not a hero that has been destroyed instead of setting up a serfs or a knights. Uh, set up that unit uh, as replaced as described as per the battle trait, so uh, six inches from a, a battle edge, nine inches away from all enemy units, and allocate six wounds to that monster that can't be negated. So they're basically coming in uh with uh yeah not 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 completely healed but uh they've got a couple of wounds left alternatively if you're choosing a courtier general you have stronger in madness so you add two to the general's wound characteristic and if the general has six noble deed points their ward will be a five plus which is quite nice Cruel Taskmaster for the Courtier, if your general uses the Mustard Guard ability to return models to the unit, 
reduce the number of deed points costing for the return by one. Uh, if the model was already uh, counting as one, uh, it would make you get two models for the price of one. So basically, uh, I bring back a surf, uh, two of my ghouls for the one D point, or my knights like my flayers and my horrors would come for one point rather than two points. The last one is your savage beyond reason. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a melee weapon by this general is a six, that attack scores two hits on the target instead of one. If the general has six noble deed points, that attack scores three hits instead of two. So what do you like? What, what stands so, out to you at this point? So I think when I seen this, I was actually excited for the fact that it's less convoluted. There was You were just so inundated with choices, whether it was command traits, artifacts, things like that. They're much simpler, and I think everything has a place. First and foremost, I think the first one not being visible to an enemy model, awesome, it helps with shooting, but it's also spells, right? So if you don't want your general to be taken out early, if you so happen to lean into you know, spell casting savant or whether, you know, is something else. This is a really good protection, you know, protection trait. So that in itself is nice. Hey, Seraphon, your, your Lord Croak, we're trying to yeah. ping me off with mortal wounds. You can't see me. Yeah, you can't man. be picked as a target. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Air, area of effect damage could still hit you, but it can't yep. be chosen. So I really like yeah. that one. May not be my favorite choice, but it's it's mm -hmm. got some viability there. Yeah, definitely. So not my favorite choice, but I thought that was actually really nice and handy. The one that stand out to me, I'm just going to jump straight to it, is Cruel Taskmaster. I love, I, when I seen that, that to me is so hot. I just think that if you're bringing, if you've got six deed points, you're bringing back six, you know, six knights. That's incredible. Like that is so good. And it helps you if you only happen to have a bunch of noble deed points, this is just going to help you just bring back those bodies a lot easier. So for me, I actually really like the idea of bringing back bodies. That stands out to me. Um, alternatively, though, Savage Beyond Reason, it's on a courtier. And I think historically, courtiers haven't necessarily, you know, they might have four or five attacks, something like that. Ideally, you would want to put that on something with the most attacks possible to try and proc those three hits. Um, but it's not something I would technically lean into, I don't think. Um, we discussed the monster mash. I mean, it's awesome to get a monster back now. I think that's really cool. And then you can obviously try and use things like, you know, the, uh, the monstrous action to try and get some wounds back. You got royal blood. So suddenly you might have this monster that's suddenly back up at 14 wounds. Happy days. So I think feverish scholar for me as well. Um, yes, he's starting at no deed points, but there are those ways to get it, you know, jack them up quite quickly so we talked about the heroic action rolling and then spoiler alert we'll see later something that's changed now with the throne is that you might be able to generate d3 um, noble deed points so you might be at six before you know it right at the start of the heroic phase awesome and now you're at two to um two to casting for the rest of the hero phase which is going to be really handy to get off um, particular spells so for me I like Cruel Taskmaster to go ahead and summon bodies, but otherwise I have a particular list in mind that I will be running and it is based around a certain spell going off. So Feverish Scholar, that's that's a no-brainer to me to try and get that spell off. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Feverish Scholar is the one that I enjoy the most. In the current season with Spellcasting Savant, the shadowy one, I think, is worth considering. Uh, I will quickly clarify uh, something that you said that, um, so the Royal Terrorgeist and the Royal Zombie Dragon don't have royal blood. It's only the hero mm -hmm. version, and Ra Master of the Menagerie doesn't allow you to bring back a Flesh Eater Quartz monster that was a hero. So um, obviously there's a lot of War Scrolls. We, we do our best to kind of like work off it, all, all this stuff going on. But um, I think to the point, yeah. you know, bring yourself Emerald Life Swarm if you want to heal back more. Yep. And there's a ways to heal. But yep. uh, I think Feverish Scholar and Cruel Taskmaster are the ones that stand out to me. Yep. I don't like Savage Beyond Reason just because like I don't want to make my general mm. die die easy and courtiers yeah. generally aren't that strong. I, if yep. I'm going to make a, a courtier general, I'm actually kind of almost, I, I like the stronger in madness as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but cruel, cruel, cruel Taskmaster is the one that I would choose as a, a courtier yep. general. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. Like, do I want my, do I want more, my courtiers to die? No, I don't. Like they're not, they're not necessarily there for me to fight. Although they, in this iteration, they're actually a little bit fightier. They're there to bring back bodies. So absolutely. I think the first two, definitely Cruel Taskmaster and the first one, the Stronger in Madness, I would pick over Savage Beyond Reason. I, I'm not going to use a courtier as a beat stick. It's nice as well because like if you take cruel taskmaster that will allow you to reinforce or maybe even double reinforce those um the horrors or the flayers uh mm -hmm. and start bringing them back at one point each which is mm -hmm. which is crazy yes um, yes alternatively yeah. You, yeah like that that's really good value yeah yeah when i seen that that's that's definitely something that i would lean into as well if you're that way inclined it's it's it just it supercharges the, the actual role of those deeds on those courtiers by halving it. It's so good. Yeah. Although Master of the Menagerie is giving me the uh, yeah, me yeah. The, the monster back. Like yeah, um, man. It's it's nice to just bring back another Terror Guy Zombie Dragon, something like that. It's very good. That's my local game store on a Thursday night type list, but it's yeah. probably not my GT list. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of artifacts, and we kind of alluded to the Grim Garland as well, uh, there are three artifacts for your abhorrent heroes, three for your courtiers. You will recognize some of the names, as I mentioned, but remember the rules have changed. Like you used to have Heart of the Gargant. It's still there, but the rules have changed. Uh, the Grim Garland for your abhorrent hero is subtract one from bravery characteristics for enemy units while they're within nine inches of the bearer. Your Blood River Chalice, once per battle in the hero phase, the bearer can use this artifact. If they do so, heal up to 2d3 wounds allocated to the bearer. And then finally, uh, the Heart of the Gargant, once per battle. At the start of the, the combat phase, the bearer can use this artifact. If they do so, add one to the attack characteristic of melee weapons used by the bearer and their mount mm. in that phase. I like that. Yep. Alternatively, through the Courtier Heroes, you have the Medal of Madness. Once per battle, the bearer can issue a command without a command point being spent, and they are treated as if they were the general to do so, so extending the range of uh, issuing the command. The Flay Pendant, you can reroll charge rolls for friendly Flesh Eater Course units while they're wholly within 12 inches of the bearer. Or the, the, or the Charnel Vestment, the bearer gains the Priest Keyword. So now we have another indication of priests. So uh, maybe some units are priests now. We clearly are going to have a priest uh, prayer law. Uh, and now there is another way to get a priest into your army. So Christian, where are you feeling with your artifact choices? Are there 
Uh, is it just one? Are we thinking about getting them through Command Entourage or Warlord Battalion to get extras? Yeah, I think for me, I like the idea of being able to reroll charge rolls. It's something that I think how I'm going to run this list is something that wants to get up in your face. And it's nice to have, like we talked about in the delusions, a plus one to run and charge. If you've got reroll charge rolls, even better. Um, although the heart of the Gargan is something that will be awesome on something like a Ghoul King on Terror Geist. You're trying to fish for those sixes. That's another chance. Also, too, used in conjunction with Feeding Frenzy, if he happens to be in range. I mean, it doesn't work um, necessarily all the time if you don't have the points and things like that. But an extra attack on units is always nice. So I think um, it is a once per battle. So you would obviously have to pop it in the right setting. But it might do you another six mortal wounds. It might not. So that is handy. Um, I think the sub one uh, sub one to bravery is nice used in conjunction with the monstrous action. So minus three is really nice as well. Um, but yeah, where I'm leaning to is trying to re-roll charge rolls because I really want to get up into people's faces. And the particular rule that we are going to look at, I think is for me, one of the spiciest changes in the, um, in the book now is going to benefit charge rolls. So I think re-rolling charge rolls, although it might be a short distance, is going to be really handy for, for certain units. So we can start to see that things are, uh, are playing out and you can start to stack and synergize, right? You've got the flay pendant for the re-roll charges. We had one of the, the courts, the delusions, to allow you to get plus one to your run and your charge rolls, let alone any additional boosts that we're going to go through. Um, for me, uh, I also really like the Blood River Chalice being able to just heal uh, up to D3 wounds, which I think is really nice. Uh, in addition, I could be using that with my Royal Blood, so I could go from from almost dead to you know almost healed kind of immediately. Um, yep. Heart of the Gargan, if you are really trying to hit an opponent and hit them hard, is is one that I really enjoy as well. Um, and you know, a bit of a spoiler here is the 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 Ghoul King on Terror Geist's uh, signature spell allows you to re-roll your Fanged More attack, so you get plus yep. one attack. And you can re-roll the fanged more attacks. So you have four attacks, fishing for sixes. Um, that could be a really spicy once per battle. Just mm. delete whatever it's into, right? Let alone yeah, you absolutely. add, uh, let, let alone let alone you add, you know, one of the the monster or one of the other abilities, getting you know plus one to wound against monsters or something yeah. else. Um, yeah. Brutal. Yeah, it's definitely there's definitely ways to still turbo like it's like the old way turbocharge a unit, send it in, you know fight, fight again, whatever, try and delete things and trade up. This is definitely a way you can do that. Like we talked about with Feeding Frenzy, getting pluses to wound, things like that. It's, um, yeah, there's definitely ways to still spice things up and get them to, to do work. I think we call that as well in the Monstrous Rampages, the uh, the, the Terrorgeist, for example. So you take, mm. get yourself a Ghoul King on Terrorgeist, uh, subtract two to Bravery uh, with, through the Monstrous Rampage, uh, add an extra one through the Grim Garland, the zombie dragons can stop you from uh, receiving uh, inspiring presence. Minus three to bravery, let alone the damage that comes out. Yeah. You know, a unit can, unless you've got the triumph to stop you from, from taking battle shock, uh, mm -hmm. that could be a, a, a unit running away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like we said, you know, you might find that the, you know, your big block of more tech guard or something, for example, awesome bravery you know bravery 10 whatever it might be they ignore battle shock tests and all that sort of stuff but this is just something that's just going to help clear just big blocks of things i think it's just going to be yeah yeah really valuable
I find it funny that, um, you know, in one sentence, I've been able to talk about the Gulking on Terror Geist, but also the Gulking on Zombie Dragon. So regardless of yeah. like what, whatever one you choose, there's already yep. something here that kind of uh, plays in your favor and other rules are complementing what you want to do. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's important to note too. I mean, the Grim Garland, like a range of nine, also minusing to bravery, it's quite far. I think the Grim Garland used to be something like minus two to bravery, but three inch range or something like that. Like minus nine is nothing to sniff at either, especially if you're also trying to shoot units behind screens, things like that. Like you're going to affect, uh, you know, quite a few units within a, a pretty big range. So I think it's pretty nice. The channel investments is something I'll get you to pause on because you haven't seen the priest law yet. So we don't know the value of priests. Yeah. So we know that uh, universally you obviously have um, the arcane bolt mystic shield equivalent is um, a, a priest 48 uh, range mortal wound little sniper. Uh, you also have your uh, six up ward, which is clearly not valuable to you. You've got curse, you've got uh, bless as well. So there's a couple of universal ones you can choose, but we'll see what you also you get. Mm. Could be spicy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the spice, you have your spell law and your prayer law. So you got three spells. Uh, you have miasmal shroud. You have deranged transformation and crimson uh, victuals. Uh, so oh, this is story time with coach. Um, mm. All right, so Miasmal Shroud, you probably go to the toilet at this point. So Miasmal <laughs> Shroud, casting value of 6, range of 18. If successfully cast, pick one enemy unit within range and visible to the caster and roll 6 dice. So you, this might seem familiar to the uh, the previous version of Miasmal Shroud, mm. but it is different. Uh, I think you only used to roll 3 dice before. So now yeah. it sits, but the, the benefits are going to change. So roll six dice if two of or more of the dice share the same value so i roll double double uh six double three whatever uh that unit suffers one mortal wound if three or more of the dice share the same value subtract one from hit rolls and attacks uh subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by that unit until their next hero phase in addition to the previous effect if four or more of the dice share the same value, subtract one from the wounds, the wound roll for attacks made by that unit until your next hero phase, in addition to the other two benefits. Now, should you roll a casting roll of 10 or more, you roll eight dice instead of six. Uh, notice that it doesn't say unmodified, it just says mm -hmm. casting roll. So your uh, pluses to casting, we just talked about the, uh, the plus one or plus two, depending on uh, your noble deed points or obviously primal magic dice right now. Uh, and each effect can only be triggered once, even if there are more than one set of dice on the same value. Might pause for a second because of the wording. Like, let's actually go through spell by spell. Mm. Thoughts on my Asmore Shroud? So this was one that was... Um... I mean, the spell law for Flesh Eater Courts, it was always one of those things like, was it just because it was an older book, it didn't have the unmodified casting role? Um, and here we are back again with just casting role. So especially in this meta, this general's handbook, I mean, you know, we're using extra dice to cast. This is going to be awesome. Like, I think this law, we won't see it in a better position again. That is to say that we can just plus dice to it and try and get those bonus effects off, which is really nice. So for people that want to lean into the law of madness, this is a really good time to do it. Um, in the previous iteration of this, it was a bit janky. It was like if you roll a triple or something, you minus one to hit and wound. And I mean, what are the chances of that? Like that's going to be very hard. This in itself is going to be a lot more achievable and it's 
I mean, if things go your way, it's a fantastic spell. I mean, you're going to minus one to hit, minus one to wound, one cheeky mortal wound, but it's going to be great if things work out your way. Unmodified, or the casting roll going above a 10, then you get extra dice to roll it. So that's obviously going to increase your chance to get it off. I think this is probably something that definitely has value. Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a feels bad if you're banking on trying to get it off, if you really want to try and get those effects off and you, you're trying to bank on that actually going off to achieve what you want to achieve. It's definitely going to be a feels bad to not get it. Having said that, huge potential for it. So if you've got nothing else, absolutely. I think it's a great spell if it goes off. I, on six dice, I'm underwhelmed. Yeah. On, eight, yeah. on eight dice, I think it's okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, think the, the chances is like, of it is... Yeah, on four dice, four dice yeah. showing the same number mm. is pre pretty slim. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, and like, it, like, do I want to spend a primal dice even in this season to get that off? Yeah. And no. and the thing with Flesh Eater Courts, I think it's always been, for me at least, you don't have a lot of casting attempts. So you might have an Abhorrent Arch Regent who's two and two. Um, you know, you might have other people and most other people in it, are, you know, one and one. So, and there's, there's really good things that you need to get off. Even Mystic Shield. I, you know, I want to save a spell for that if I want to actually get it off on a hero that's going in or a big block of something. Like, I don't want to waste a casting attempt on a spell that I'm probably not going to get off. So I think, you know, an army with limited spell attempts, this isn't something that I actually want to probably choose to, to potentially fail. And the War Scroll spells, I actually think they're quite nice. So again, yeah. like priority-wise, priority like it's an interesting rule. Um, it's probably not going to be my first choice spell. No. Deranged transformation spell casting value of six range 24. That's very generous. If successfully cast, pick one friendly flesh eater course unit wholly within range and visible to the caster that has a wounds characteristic of seven or less. Until your next hero phase, add two to that unit's movement characteristic and add one to the wound rolls for attacks made by that unit. If the casting roll is 10 or more, you can pick up to three different units to be affected by the spell. Now, this is mm. much more valuable to me. This yeah. definitely deserves the primal dice over my Asmore Shroud. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I'd agree. This spell used to be um, you potentially plus six to a movement. Um, so what you've lost in movement, you're also adding one to, roll, uh, to wound rolls. And we know that anything adding to wound rolls is phenomenal it's fantastic so i think this looking at in you know used in conjunction with add one to you know run and charge rolls we can also now move run charge in this book so this is this is fantastic i would absolutely invest a casting role into this and like you said same again it's just the casting role so i'd be more than happy to put a primal into that to try and choose three units so if you got if you've got three big monsters I want to up in somebody's face, well, suddenly you're starting to wound on twos with a lot of big hits in monsters. Awesome. Like, this is, yeah, fantastic spell. I would I would choose this any day of the week. Yeah, it is a good spell. Uh, yeah. Crimson uh, Victuals is a spell with a casting value of six and a range of 18. If successfully cast, pick one enemy unit. Oh, no, it's not this one. Sorry, there's one particular spell. It's on Ashuran that as soon as I saw it, I lost my mind. I lost my <laughs> mind. It's, it's it's such a it's such a coach rule. Like I look at it, I'm like, that's my rule. It's anyway, cheeky, it's, yeah. I, yep. I, I'm jumping ahead. Uh, let's talk about Crimson Victuals. So anyway, casting value six, range 18. Pick one enemy unit within range that is visible to the caster and one friendly flesh eater quartz unit that has a wounds characteristic of one. 
uh, and is within six inches of an enemy unit. So what your uh, your ghouls and your yep. beast your beast flayers, right? Like the, not the heroes, yep. but the anyway. On yep, a, royal beast flayers and crypt guard too. Crypt guard, the new course. ones. Yep. Of course, you could guard. Uh, anyway, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Then for each mortal wound that was allocated to that unit and was not negated, you can return one slain model to that friendly unit. If the casting roll was 10 or more, the unit suffers D3, 2D3 mortal wounds instead of D3. So uh, yep. trigger a couple of mortal wounds, uh, return a bunch of troops. Yeah, so this uh, in the previous version, um, I think it was you had a potential to go from, say, D3 to D6. Um, this is great, I guess, for people that want to lean into ghouls and they want to start returning as many as possible. I mean, you could get two at a minimum. You could get six if it goes off on a 10 or more. So depending on what you want to invest in, this is a good spell for that. I'm not necessarily leaning into ghouls and things. So for me, I won't be picking this, but it has viability if you're running a lot of... Um, you know, single wound models and things like that. So just depends on how you're inclined, but not for me personally, because I'm going to be running monsters. If you were running your ghouls, as you mentioned, uh, it might save you from spending your noble deed points to muster. And also because you're in combat, uh, it may allow you to essentially rally without rallying, mm. right? You obviously yeah. wouldn't be able to rally in combat. This yeah. allows you to start regenerating uh, when you are in combat. And uh, who wants to, you know, 2d3 mortal wounds. I like that it's 2d3 as opposed to d6 because nothing's worse yeah. than rolling a 1 on a d6. Yeah. At least yeah. you know you're going to get a minimum of 2. Of course, yeah. And I think when we see it, the new, well, from my, um, from my perspective, the new Crypt Guard are great because they have the potential with big range. You can start to stack up attacks. One, two, three, even four models—they're actually going to make a big impact. So I think the more the more models you get back to units like that, it's not just a simple couple of models back. They've actually got a lot of damage potential. So this is going to be handy for for big blocks of things like that. Yeah, I think Crypt Guard are going to be popular. I think everyone's yeah. going to run probably ten at minimum. I think everyone's going to run at least ten. I can see yeah. people building into them a bit more, uh, and they are battle line in Hallow Morn. I think correct. We'll get yep. to it. We'll get to it later, but I think they are a battle line option. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. of the three, if you were going to rank them favorite to least favorite, how would you rank rank the three spells? Deranged transformation first, Crimson Victual second, Miasmal throughout third. That's that's definitely the order that I would pick. I'm going deranged transformation first, and then depending on how I build my army, it'll be either be Miasmal Shroud or Crimson, depending on if I'm running a lot of ghouls. But yep. as you just pointed out as well, crypt a crypt guard uh, will benefit from the Crimson Victual. So absolutely, um, yep. Yeah, I, I think Miasmal is just too swingy for me, and I'm a destruction. It's too player. hard. Yeah, I'm a yeah, destruction yeah. player, and <laughs> I just swinginess is my my game. And yeah, this is still too swingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, for me, I've only got a certain amount of casts that I want to do, and there's just too many good spells, I think, or too many too many things I'd rather choose over, especially if you're going to invest time, it fails, then you're just standing there and you're down a spell. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now let's get into prayers. So we yeah. know that we there's priests. We know that we can take a command trait to make someone a priest. Maybe there's some more scrolls that already are priests. Maybe there's a sub-faction that makes more priests. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, there are three prayers to choose from from the prayer law. First is bless this meal. 
Uh, it's a prayer that has an answer value of three and a range of 18. If answered, pick one enemy unit within range and visible to the chanter. Each time a model from that enemy unit is slain, you can heal one wound allocated to one friendly flesh eater cause unit that is within six inches of that enemy unit. This is something that's, I think, going to be very, very handy in something like a big monster. So if you note that it actually says each time a enemy model is slain, so that's just not in the combat phase. That's also potentially shooting phase as well. Um, that's also things like stomping and all those sorts of things. So I think for me, if I'm thinking about, let's say I put it on a zombie dragon, I want to move up, clear up a screen. I can just shoot a whole bunch of screens off the board and then suddenly I've got a whole bunch of uh, of wounds back. So I think this is going to be very, very handy, um, especially when targeting just, you know, low wound models and things like that. It's definitely very, um, it's a very cheeky way to try and get back wounds. So I actually love this. I thought this was a great, um, a great prayer when I first seen it. It's also good for your flares and your horrors as well, right? So yep. they, they're multi-wound models. It's obviously not going to regenerate a model from a ghoul or a crypt guard, but it certainly will keep your horrors and your flayers as close to healed as possible. So, yeah, um, and and range of eighteen and not necessarily um, holy within is nice too. I mean, eighteen is a pretty generous range for a you know for a prayer. So I think that's that's really good. You can try and keep your um your new priest back and then just try and get those you know important prayers off. I think eighteen inch range is decent too. Actually, that's a really good call out. Um, very good. The ranges of 18 are quite generous for prayers. So um, like you look at curse, for example, curses are nine. Uh, yeah. A lot of them are like 12. So good yeah. call and out. Cast on a cast on a three too. Three is decent. It's a lot better than a four. I mean, technically a four plus is not a, it's not a 50, 50. I think anyone that's been stuck rolling four pluses, if you, if you're rolling four pluses, it can be, can be a little bit hard at times. So I think threes are a, a really good casting value as well. Statistically, 66% chance or a two in three chance yeah. of passing. Yeah. The second one is the Summer King's Favor, uh, a prayer with an answer value of three and a range of 18. If answered, pick one friendly Flesh Eater Quartz hero that is wholly within range and visible to the chanter. Until your next hero phase, that hero gains one additional noble deed point each time they slay an enemy model. Yeah, I, I love this. I think when I first seen this, Summer King's Favor and Bless This Meal, I think if you are able to get that off, that is something, it's it's so easy to just generate those six deeds straight away. So I think let's say you had the ability to deep strike a zombie dragon, you could potentially, well, if it was up in the sky, you can't, but if you were to move, run, charge, or potentially get up in the face, you could actually try and clear screens, get your six points, and then suddenly you've got Feeding Frenzy around you. So I think this is just a really, really nice um, a nice thing that I'll be using as well. So we talked about before using those heroic actions, using the throne to try and generate six deed points on someone. This is just a super easy way if you have... Um, you know, a decent amount of damage output on just low wound models, that's instantly your six right there. So I think this is a really good one as well. Yeah, I I actually really like this on something like your Ghoul King or even your Arch Regent. And when we get to those War Scrolls, it'll make more sense. But this, to me, starts to look like Smash Bat. The, the yeah. getting there, sacrifice the 100 to 120-point idiot. Uh, yeah. Maybe Argulf, just get him in there, slap... Um, 
generate a bunch of extra damage because you hopefully got defeating frenzy maybe you've done a, a, an amazing rousing cry at the start of turn one and got yourself some extra points uh you go in there and, and create that bubble of feeding frenzy quite early and there might be some ways to trigger some fight first shenanigans as well as we get to the war scroll so yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think um, the previous the previous rules when we looked at flays and things like that, it's still FAQ'd that you can necessarily pick up a certain model fly and that move that model can move after. So I think when I first seen things like those rules come out, if you've got a jacked up like you were just talking, like a smash bat potential, like a jacked up courtier or whatever it might be with a certain amount of wounds, it's a good way to get in really quick and do some damage. So like to ruin Christmas for you, the Ghoul King's um, spell, the Abhorrent Ghoul King on foot, um, its spell is a 3d6 charge. So like yeah. 3d6 yeah. charge, potentially you've got that free um, move in the in the hero phase through the heroic action, get that extra movement, 3d6 charge, um, uh, some some other little shenanigans there that, that it does as well. Yeah, it's still such a fast army. It's a it's a really really quick army, and that's what they do the best. And similar like Daughters of Cain, Daughters of Cain want to get out there and just fight the hell out of something and wipe it. This is such a good army for that. But they just have that increased mobility. There's ways to just drop down in people's faces, get better charges off, get better runs off, whatever it might be. It it still just leans into classic flesh eater courts, but now you've got more tools to do it. The final prayer is Charnel con Conviction, uh, prayer with an answer value of 3 and a range of 18. If answered, pick one friendly Flesh Eater course unit that is wholly within range and visible to the Chanter. That unit has a ward of 5+, plus until your next hero phase. So we go from Deathless Courtiers being 6, we've now got a ward of 5+. plus. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, like any any increased ward, especially like if you verse Magikin, it's horrendous to see somebody just keep rolling fives. This is yeah, this is a, a great you know a great prayer that you that you want to put on anything, whether it's a big lord, whether it's a big block of ghouls, horrors, flays, whatever it might be. This is obviously a, a fantastic prayer. So no one's gonna gonna turn down a five plus ward. I think in this in this um, in this game. And then another spoiler, your Crypt Guard are going to be able to add plus one to ward rolls for friendly Flesh Eater Court's hero within three inches of them. So now we can turn one of these heroes to have a ward of a four up. Yeah, yeah. So much stacks in this book. It's it's really good. So like we said, at face value, yeah, it's awesome, but it can get it can just get so much better. And like we I think we touched on before the actual pod, like what we see here that might not necessarily be taken you know, at first pick, we might end up seeing a whole lot more as the meta changes. So, yeah, I think the these these um prayers are you know they're all viable, and it's definitely something that that I want to be to be using. I actually prefer the the prayers to the actual law. In if I had to pick, I really like the prayers. How are you ranking them? What's 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 the best the best one, and then what's your least favorite? I think oh, it's so hard because I think they're all so good. Um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. I'll go. Summer King, bless this meal. Channel conviction. Okay. Okay. I think I would do something similar, but I would probably go. I think bless this meal and Summer King's favor are good to be used together. But if I had to just rank them purely one, two, three, it'd be Summer King, Channel, and then probably bless this meal. I think um, because it's not always that you need to heal wounds. I mean, it just depends on the game state and where you're at. But it's always nice to have a five plus ward. 
yeah, I, I just like the ability to be healing those Gulking on Terror Guy zombie dragons. Yeah. I think that, yep. that that to me is where I like the heal in addition yeah. to the royal blood, in addition to the monstrous rampage. Unless yep. if I don't if I don't go into a, a one or two wound idiot unit uh, and I want to go one on one with the mega gargant, yes, mm -hmm. I've got the plus one to wound from the the court. Uh, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be able to use that monstrous rampage. So at least bless this meal can help me stay yeah. in the fight. That's yeah, yeah definitely. No, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. I think, yeah, a lot of these things will, will favor, um, situations like that for sure. They're all, they're all great. They're all great. I think, all, I think all three of them are closer than the three spells. I think, I think the spells yeah. have clear winners. The, the prayers, yeah. not so much. Yeah, we can definitely agree on that. And that's why I think, um, yeah, I think, more so for me, I'm going to find more value in consistently getting those prayers off than certain spells. Agreed. Wholeheartedly yep. agree. Yep. Speaking of our terror geist and zombie dragons, if you take a, a leader, a hero version, um, so a flesh eater court's hero mounted on a royal zombie dragon and or a uh, royal terror geist, there are three mount traits. So uh, should you take, again, a command on... Uh, uh, Command Entourage or Warlord, you could choose an extra mount trait to to go instead. So if you were doing Grizzle Gore, um, you'd have to take a couple of heroes, but you could get multiple uh, mount traits. Uh, you're not as good as Beast Claw Raiders getting your three, but there's still uh, some, some tasty ones. So should you take a hero on a zombie dragon, you can either improve the rend characteristic of the Pestilential Breath by one through the Bane Blade Breath, the Baneful Breath, you have uh, Death from the Skies, so instead of setting up this unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say that it is soaring in the sky in reserve. If you do so, at the end of your first movement phase, you can set it up on the battlefield more than nine inches from all enemy units. Or the Venerated Zombie Dragon adds one to hit rolls for friendly Flesh Eater Quartz monsters while they are wholly within 12 inches of this unit. So... We've already talked about some of the benefits of zombie dragons and, and what you can possibly do with them. Uh, mm -hmm. If you are going to choose a, a ghoul king on a, a zombie dragon, what's your pick? I really love, obviously, being a monster mash. I'm a really big fan of the plus one to hit for Flesh Eater Quartz monsters, especially if you're going to be move run charging, you're trying to get up on the board, especially the 12-inch range. You can obviously try and keep in, you know, in range of feeding frenzy as well. So twelve and twelve, um, hitting bites, I guess, of terror guys and things on threes rather than fours. Awesome, I really like that. Although I think getting a free drop down from the skies and being able to then get a shorter charge off, which we'll see later, is going to be awesome. So for me, if I've actually looked at this book and I've gone, oh cool, you can alpha this army. You actually can. If you if you if you're running big monsters, especially zombie dragons, go for gold. You can absolutely yes, yes. Yep, we're gonna get there. You can absolutely alpha strike this army, and this is how I'm gonna be running, because I just think it's fantastic. So definitely setting up in the skies is good. Although it's probably worth mentioning if you do um if you do choose that, then you can't necessarily target him with buffs because he's technically not on the board right so that's another thing but move run charge especially with pluses to charge and things it, you don't necessarily need to start him in the sky so for me I, I would probably choose add one to hits i think okay i would go baneful breath so yeah. getting yeah. getting d6 attacks hitting on threes wounding on threes turning it to rend two for three damage mm -hmm. um as a breath attack 
Mm. Actually, I, I think that's quite quite all right. Yeah. That's quite all it right. Is. Now, if I was running a Monster Mash Grizzle Gore, different story. I think the venerated zombie dragon, I think, definitely plays a part. But for yep. the average Joe, I mm. think it's Baneful Breath. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic way to try and move up and just clear screens and just get that that extra pip of rain can be the the difference between wiping out something to to everything. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a good choice like you said. If you're not necessarily playing around big based um monsters, okay, fair enough. I think it's definitely a good pick, yeah. I think Death from the Skies, Venerated Zombie Dragon favor an alpha monster list whereas Baneful Breath is just a good pick just for a general a general type of list. I think the other reason as well is when I look at, for example, the traditional unbuffed zombie dragon, it's only rend one. It's D6 for yeah. rend one for three damage. If I all at defense, I'm on my flat armor save. So if I'm a good yeah. armor save, let's say three or four, let's say it's Stormcast, for example, or Slaves to Darkness, it's probably not going to do a lot. But yeah. when I can at least add a, uh, obviously, obviously, you know, should there not be on cover, a Mystic Shield, and yada, yada, yada. Um, I've still got a chance of rend one because the the additional rend and the and the armor save or uh, defense will negate themselves, and I'll still have a rend minus one. And for every failed armor save, three damage is uh, yeah. is worth that investment. Yeah, I think with such a high damage characteristic, it's actually worth taking because if you can if you can help get that damage through, it's it's definitely worth it. It's so much better than trying to invest an extra pip of rend for for a one damage attack. If you've got d six, you've got a potential. I mean. It, Statistically, you're not going to get it, but a potential 6, 12, 18 damage, I mean, it's it's a lot of damage. So I think it's worth investing in for sure. I think there's argument for all three of them. I, I stand yep. on Baneful Breath. You stand by Death from the Skies. I love the movement shenanigans as well. I guess it depends yep. on if you want to, how you, you plan to yep. use it. Because there are other movement, and I guess, how do you need how much movement does one need, especially when its yep. base movement is already 14? Question Absolutely. Mark. Question mark. Yep. yep. The Terrorgeist, again, Hero Terrorgeist, you have a Gruesome Bite, which adds plus one to the attack characteristic of the Fanged Moor. The uh, Horribly Resilient allows you to heal 2d3 wounds instead of a d3 for the Royal Blood. The last one is Morbeg Swiftness, where you can retreat and charge in the same turn. Mm. Now, this is a harder choice, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think... I think, not to say it's my favorite necessarily, I think anything that you can retreat and still charge is really, really cheeky and it's really nice to be able to do. I think it might get you out of unfavorable trades. You can charge across, same sort of thing, tie up a weaker unit, try and wipe it out. You can try and get into a position or maybe charge a unit to try and get on a point to sneak that. I mean, you can use free charges, free moves are always good. They're always going to be good. Um like you said before, the 2d3 is nice. I mean, it's a lot better than rolling a 1 on a d6. So I think 2d3 is very nice, especially with um, monsters trying to get them back up to their top profiles, things like that. Um, but we know that, you know, plus 1 to the attacks on a more, that's a potential 6 mortal wounds. So I think you're right. I'm with you on this. I think this is a definitely harder choice. I think probably if I had to choose... I want to see if you pick the one I'm going to pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... I Look, I think I will probably end up choosing Retreat and Charge, but where my heart lies is just I love getting six mortal wounds off. I love the plus one to attacks on Fang Moors. I would go Horribly Resilient. Okay, all right. 
And the reason is because I've played with terror guys where they've had one wound left and they don't bracket. They yeah. still have four, three, three the fang bats. more attacks. Yes. They have yes. three fang more attacks regardless yeah. if they're on 16 yeah. wounds or three wounds left. Yeah. And a wounded terror geist is still a crazy threat. And then yeah, keeping them on the keeping them on the board for that extra one turn with the 2d3 royal blood. Uh, yeah. Maybe stack that with a heroic recovery potentially, mm. or the uh, yeah. the monstrous rampage of of, of eating yeah. and, and healing. Um, yeah. Keeping that, th it's basically my mega gargan theory, which is I play for defense rather than offense because uh, the longer I'm on the table, the the longer I am a pain in your backside. So horribly horribly resilient one, then gruesome blight. But as much as I want the retreat yeah. and charge, um, yeah. getting plus one attack and then the spell that lets me re-roll the fang more attacks. Then feeding frenzy as well. There's yep. some juicy stuff, but yeah, I, yeah. I want to. No, that's that's fair. I think, and that's the point I was making before. When if you're using that monstrous rampage, like you try, it's a better stomp on a three plus. You're just trying to get those extra couple of wounds back. It just keeps you in the fight. And like you said, the bites don't bracket, so you've got a potential, you know, six, twelve, eighteen mortals if you roll hot, like. That's going to take down a you know a big name hero, a big block of something, or a big monster. Like it's it's a huge potential even with one wound. Yeah. So yeah, I dig it. I absolutely dig it. I just love I just love the idea though of having anything where I see like we said re-rolling failed hits on you know on fanged moors. If you've got that with the extra attack on the fanged moor, awesome. You've just got another dip at the pot to try and spike those mortals. So yeah, I, I, I really like the fanged moor. And then don't forget, you've also got was it uh, was it the heart of the gargan where you could also once per battle yeah. plus yep. one attack. So if you yep. have that souped up uh, ghoul king on terror guys, get mm -hmm. the heart of the gargan for plus one attack. You've got yep. yourself the feeding frenzy, frenzy and yep. then you've got your gruesome bite. That is a brutal and yeah. and. and very scary let alone like you go up against um a uh, monster army and then you pull out the um the grand cost one, one to wound like yeah, yeah stay, stay away from me like i am screaming yeah. my hero monster general yeah. like get away from me yeah this is the equivalent of the previous book where you had ferocious hunger the key spell from the apparent arch region where if you get it off it's d3 extra attacks you chuck that on the terror guys. It's the same sort of thing. It's scary. It's so scary. So, yeah, I think this. Yeah, I think you can definitely still try and turbocharge that unit. Send it full ball. And if you like me, the other day you just kill a Kragnos turn one. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's super scary. Uh, you have. Uh, we we talked earlier. You had the Grand Courts. Uh, there again, there's no command trait, no artifact locked. It's purely this one rule. Uh, so mm -hmm. you've got Morgant, which is uh, give one noble deed point to each friendly Morgant flesh eater courts hero at the end of the turn if that hero is contesting objectives. Uh, Blister Skin uh, allows your abhorrence to gain the priest keyword, but it's worth calling out that you cannot cast a spell and chant a prayer in the same hero phase. So You'll have to choose one or the other for each of your heroes. Uh, your Hollow Mourn will give you plus one a damage characteristic for melee weapons used by knight units. So your knights are your uh, your flayers and your horrors. Uh, if they've made a charge move in that turn, uh, it has no effect on anything that is mounted. So your Morbeg, um, your your knights, your knights, the Morbeg yep. knights, you, they are mounted. So your ghouls on top will get it, but your 
Little baby terror guys won't. Your baby terror guys will not get it. Uh, and then Grizzle Gore, which is at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one friendly Grizzle Gore monster on the battlefield, and the strike first effect applies to that monster until the end of the phase. Uh, might be worth calling out as well your terror geists and your zombie dragons unmounted uh, battle line in Grizzle Gore. Your, uh, your uh, crypt flayers are battle line in Blister Skin. Your horrors are battle line in Hollow Morn. Your crypt guard are battle line in uh, Morgant. And then your Morbeck knights are battle line if the uh, abhorrent uh, Gore Warden, this little fly, fly ghoul, uh, is your general. So that one is out, is not locked into a, a sub faction. And Ushoran as well is Hollow Morn as Hollow well. Morn, so. Yeah. So yep. uh, not that, that not that you can't run um, Ashoran if you run Blister Skin, for example, but it's much like uh, Special K Catacross. He's locked into Crematoriums yep. or whatever it is. So even in Null Myriad, he just doesn't benefit from the ignoring spells, uh, as an example. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't benefit from the the sub um, the sub faction allegiance from the Grand Courts. Yeah. So based on all of this, uh, how do we feel about the the, the four Grand faction the sub factions? So Blister Skin has had a massive change because this used to be, you know, you plus the movement, you had a free teleport with their command ability. Um, and they were, they were obviously, you know, the, the goats when it came to actually running around causing shenanigans and trying to get a bit of extra mobility. So that actually changed a lot. I think Morgaunt was obviously predominantly you know, around ghouls and things like that. But now we see um, actual heroes trying to, you know, get extra deed points and things like that, which I think that fits. It's thematic and it's also, you're not going to run big blocks of ghouls without multiple heroes to try and support them. So I think that actually works well. Hollow Morn was always as well. They had the move run charge for a unit. They had, you know, I think it was re-roll wound rolls or something on the charge. So they had... Um, things that benefit them on the charge, which, same again, this is pretty thematic. Um, one to damage characteristics, you know, it would be fantastic if it was on the mounts, but it's on the actual um, melee weapons of Hollow Moon Knights. But it should be noted as well, I mean, on a block of horrors, at base value, you're doing two damage, you spike wound rolls of a six at three damage, you've got a potential, instead of two, three, you've got three, four. That's huge. If you are investing something into... Um, Hoarfrost, for example, like increase the rend. You've got four damage weapons potentially. That's crazy. Like that's that's ballistic. So I think that is is quite a good one. And Grisselgore, I actually, without being biased, I love it. I actually love it because it's 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 at the start of your combat phase. Same sort of thing again. I guess it gives the the OG vibes of the feeding frenzy, where originally the Grisselgore. Um, Hero had strikes first only on the charge. So it got FAQ'd only on the charge. Um, but this is just, you get it at the start of the combat phase, which is going to be really nice, especially if you've got a souped up unit, attack first, and then classic feeding frenzy type of thing. You run up a, um, you know, Ghoul King on Terror Guy supported with another one, and then you just go to town on a, you know, a big priority target. So that is actually really nice as well. I really like Hollow Morn because uh, you talked about the Crypt Horrors and that's very mm. obvious, right? But yep. even the Flayers, like the Flayers, I've always liked Flayers, you know, having the the decent shooting attack and that's Ren, Ren minus two. But I always felt that, you know, in combat they were pretty lackluster. They got four attacks, fours mm. and threes, Rend one. 
um, boosting that up to a damage two all of a sudden. And if you apply the Hoarfrost, as you've said mm -hmm. in the current season, yeah. that is a, a very scary proposition if you wanted to run flayers or maybe you just want to have a little bit of flayers supporting your crypt horrors it mm -hmm. plays in there really nicely and when we get to the more big knights uh even though it doesn't affect the mounts turning the lancers into uh damage two is is quite mm -hmm. nice uh, and they can also retreat and charge so yeah. you've got some interesting rules that you will go into later but uh if you want to play around with that obviously hollowborn is fantastic I'm yep. not a big fan just yet of blister skin. I, I think they're mm. more, look, we, we did say that they had um, really good spell, a prayers. And if you want multiple priests, I can see blister skin coming into play. Mm. But is blister skin better than Morgon? And can I just work around and live with one priest or have mm. a priest and, and get him a get him an extra prayer to choose? Uh, I'm not sold. Like I, I feel like I would lean more into Morgon or, or Hollowmorn yep. over Blister Skin. For me, Blister Skin would be my last choice. I think. Agreed. If I Agreed. yeah, if if I had to rank them, I, I I just wouldn't. I think if I want a priest, I'll take a priest. Simple as that. I think I I, I won't run a, a Grand Court sub faction based on that. Um, my pick would probably be in just the way I play. It's going to be Hollowmorn or Grisselgore. I think I think it's really nice, and it's one of those things. Even if you run, let's say you're running Morgaunt, you've got you know you're you're that way inclined. You've got ghouls, things like that. If you if you run your um if you run your new knights as well, um you're on your little baby terrorgeists, like you're gonna get a benefit from Hollowmorn. So I think it's a much of a muchness. My opinion is Hollowmorn or Grisselgall first, Morgaunt second, Blissy Skin third. Yeah, although I, I do think there's a build-in Morgon if you're building more Definitely. into the he hero side and you're playing yeah. with noble deeds more than, than the Hollow Morn. And but if I think I think we all agree. I think that the three and then like Blister yeah. Skin is like just under. Yeah. And Morgon is going to benefit from the delusion where if you get up to four noble deed points, then suddenly you're online instead of six. So for me, Morgon benefits things like that. So I think if you really look at it, like if you want, once again, if you want to build into trying to, you know, soup up your, your heroes to try and get those noble deed points, that suits a delusion like that. So certain sub factions will definitely go hand in hand with certain delusions for sure. If you're running horrors, for example, I think Hollow Morn is a clear winner. Yeah, absolutely. But yep. but if you're not running horrors or you're not, you know, running a lot of horrors, then I think Morgant rises in power. But if yep. I'm Hollowmorn, I'm clear if I'm running crypt horrors, it's a clear winner. Yep. I'm running Hollowmorn yep. every day of the week. And Grizzagore yep. is Grizzagore, right? Like, yep. like yep. it's good, but only in a, a particular build. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you're not gonna run Grizzlegore if you got one or two monsters. Like there's just no there's no point. I think it's like you either lean hard into Grisselgore and you go hard into the monsters and you try and jack them up as much as you can. Take things like bringing back monsters is nice, all those sorts of things. You lean heavily into it, um, especially for the points that you're going to be paying for monsters. Um, but yeah, otherwise, stick with your Hollow Morn, your Morgon, and I think it'll pay more dividends with that. Yeah, if people see something that we're not seeing with blister skin, please let me know in the comments. I'd be curious to, or, or come into my Discord and chat about it. Blister skin, I, I just don't feel it right now. I think it's maybe not as obvious, at least to us right now. But who knows? Mm. Maybe when we get through the War Scrolls, some some other things will kind of bubble to the surface. And this it literally is day one of the book, right? Yeah. So things might change, rules might change as well. But I think right now it's just a yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm not seeing the the big benefit on why I would go blister skin. Yeah.
Next up, we have grand strategies and battle tactics. So uh, you lost your old grand strategy that came from White Dwarf, which was a pretty easy one, if I remember correctly. It was like summon three idiot units that were that you didn't have in the starting battlefield. Yeah, and have them on the board. It was yeah. a super easy grand strategy as long as you didn't die with them. Yeah. Uh, but in its place, you have three. Um, Kudos Games Workshop for not putting the stupid grand strategy, which is score four battle tactics from your book, and oh. they all have to be. Like, kudos to you. I hate yeah. that grand strategy. It's not there. But what yeah. you do have is legendary exploits, where when the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy if there are three, at least three friendly Flesh Eater Quartz heroes on the battlefield, and each of them have six noble deed points. Second one is expand the kingdom. Uh, when the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy. If a friendly abhorred is wholly within enemy territory and the enemy general is not within enemy territory. And then finally, defend the throne. When the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy. If the friendly charnel throne is on the battlefield, it is garrisoned by a friendly fleshy to court hero, uh, and there are no enemy units within six inches of it. It's worth calling out that you can only garrison your charnel throne with a hero with seven or less wounds. So I think, for example, your Vargulf, I think, is eight wounds or more. Eight, so yeah, you, yeah, it's you just can't that. do the Vargulf. But all of your other sub commander idiots will go warden abhorrent regent yep they all they all can 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 sit on the channel throne so mm -hmm. do you like any of these and with the context of the current general's handbook are you taking it over spell casting savant overshadow blah 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 mm. so i guess first and foremost we talked about spell casting savant before um with you know the ability to try and keep your lord a bit safe with the command trait that they're not visible you know outside of 12 yada 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 i think overshadow is currently being picked a lot for flesh eater courts and i can see why i think that is still a very, very viable um, grand strategy for Flesh Eater Courts, and it makes sense. I'm still undecided whether I would, because I would still any day of the week take over Shadow. I think it's good for Feck. Um, whether I take it over one of these three is still to be decided. I probably still just need to play around. I think Defend the Throne gives me, is it Gloom Spike Gits vibes, where it's like Defend the Shrine or something, and you're trying to defend the Loon Shrine, you're basically trying to keep people away. Um, I mean... Yeah, it's great if you've got the units to to do it and sacrifice it and position well to try and keep people away. But that is then resources that you have to try and keep back, allocate to try and achieve your grand strat. Which, I mean, if you you know, if you're investing points, sometimes you need those points up the battlefield rather than behind it. So I think that's yeah, it's a bit it's a bit iffy. Although doable, definitely agreeable and doable. Um, I think. The expand the kingdom, so you know, have a have the abhorrent holy within enemy territory, and the general not holy within territory. Awesome if you kill the general, like that's gone. And especially if you're running multiple abhorrents, whether it's one on a you know a zombie dragon, um, you know a terror geist, even an abhorrent arch regent or a gore warden, they're all abhorrent keywords. So it's it's definitely doable as well. Um, and I don't particularly, I think actually legendary exploits, I think this suits Morgon because you're going to have multiple heroes, even, you know, even um, Hollowmorn potentially, because you're going to want, if you're running Hollowmorn, you're going to want multiple courtiers and things like that to try and, you know, muster back um, units. I think if you're running Hollowmorn, you need, you know, multiple foot heroes to try and juice them up. So that is probably one that is going to suit those type of armies. So, 
I I think I'm still going to pick Overshadow. I like Overshadow. I think it works. But if I had to pick one of these, I would probably pick... I would probably pick... I mean, if I'm picking Gristlegore, it's going to be a, like Expand the Kingdom because I know I'm going to have multiple abhorrents. I'm going to have a Gore Warden, definitely. Abhorrent Arch Regent, definitely, which we should just say right now is the Wombo Combo. So I think I'm going to have those two. Plus, I'll probably have one or two abhorrents on a big monster. So I'm going to have multiple. Um, but the others just won't suit, I think, the list that I'm planning on running. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. I'm never a fan of defend the terrain feature, uh, and that in, that's including me as a Gits player. If I was going to pick that, I think that suits a ghoul-focused yeah. army where I have like yeah. lots of ghouls and lots of bodies to yeah. be able to protect the throne. Yeah. Especially uh, if you've got MSU, you might have a unit that you can hold back. Like, just a cheap unit of ghouls, okay, cool. Use your points to, re to bring them back, being able yeah. to, like, you know, use that spell to add more idiots to, to the yeah. ghoul unit. That's fine, yeah. uh, but I'm... I think if I'm picking one, it's probably expand the kingdom because yeah. I think putting a target on your head of uh, keeping three heroes with six noble D points mm. now just means I just got to remove, uh, if I can remove all but two of them, you've, mm. you've failed your grand strategy. Um, yep. And I think yep. that's a, it's a risk that I don't like to take. Uh, yeah. But expand the kingdom, I feel like, especially in the current meta where there's a lot of wizards who are sitting behind the backfield like spellcasting mm. savant, they're not yeah. advancing into my side of the board anyway. So yeah. uh, by me moving up and putting pressure on them, I'm actually keeping them outside of their territory. I'm within their territory. Mm. Yeah. Boxed. Yeah. 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 It, it's a no brainer. I think in the sense that like we talked about affects the army that you just basically want to just yeet up the board and just trying to get them to do work. So it benefits you because you're trying to be there anyway. And like you said, generals sometimes if they're, you know, spellcasting savant and little fellas, they, they're going to be at the back anyway. Awesome. I think you're right about legendary exploits. I mean, with all death armies, you essentially just want to snipe the heroes and, you know, the rest of the army not necessarily crumbles, but it definitely gets hindered. So that's just an extra target on their back that you don't necessarily want. Um, so, yeah, I think Expand the Kingdom, for me, out of the three, would definitely be the pick. Would I pick it over Overshadow? I'd definitely give it a go and just see how it feels. And that's and that currently... Oh, by, by the way, Legendary Exploits is probably terrible right now with Seraphon running around, just, yeah. like, cool, sni just sniping yeah. those heroes. So yeah. maybe right now it's, it's even worse than it possibly yeah. could. But Expand yeah. the Kingdom, I guess, with uh, the likes of Corn and uh, maybe Suns back on the rise because of King Brod Stomp, um, you're seeing, uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, Big War. There's mm. a couple of, um, there's a couple of armies right now where the general may be a monster and be even soul blight, you know, the return of the ethereal vampire lord on yeah. zombie dragon yep. since the, the, the nerf to blizzard, mm. can you take it out? Or like, you know, is that going to be tough for you to, to remove, mm. uh, when you don't have as many mortal wounds to, to pull that vampire lord on zombie dragon, who's just healing up ridiculously. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it, yeah. I think I think you're right. Gen uh, the the general's handbook might be the better option, but it depends on how you're building it and what. You're yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. And also too, like you just said, like if you're now suddenly trying to take out a big monster, a Vlos, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, you rock up, you choose the delusion for plus one to wound against monsters. Awesome. Like you have that extra ability to try and achieve it. I guess. Um, I think it's also worth noting that with the legendary exploits you're going to be running, let's say, a um, Morgaunt list. You're going to want your heroes around. Crypt Guard, spoiler alert, will, 
you know, help out with the uh, which with the ward saves of heroes and things like that. So potential more defense there, but still, I think like you're right, we're in a meta where it's just getting a little bit too easy to pick off little foot heroes. So yeah, expand the kingdom hundred percent. You got a couple of battle tactics. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one in regards to, like this analysis, but I think it's going to depend on like obviously the battle and how it's unfolding and yada yada. yada. But um, maybe maybe Christian, when I go through them, you can just tell me is there ones that stand out for you? You know, in regards to maybe how achievable they are, or maybe a particular unit that you know uh, complements your list well. Anyway, scream to death. Pick one enemy unit on the battlefield. You complete the battle tactic if that unit is destroyed by an attack made by a missile weapon, by a friendly crypt flayer unit, crypt infernal courtier, or a royal terror geist. That's one that we already had. Valiant slaying. Pick one enemy monster on the battlefield. You complete the battle tactic if that unit is destroyed during this turn by an attack made by a friendly abhorrent overrun you complete the battle tactic if 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 every enemy unit on the battlefield is within three inches of a friendly flesh eater course unit at the end of the turn glorious feast you complete the battle tactic if every friendly unit on the battlefield is wholly within 12 inches of a friendly flesh eater course hero that has six noble deed points at the end of the turn lance formation you complete the battle tactic if two or more friendly knights made a charge friendly knights units made a charge move this turn and the charge roll for each of those units was seven or more finally the ties of chivalry you pick one objective on the battlefield that your opponent controls you complete the battle tactic if you control that objective at the end of the turn and it is contested by at least one friendly serfs unit and one friendly knights model uh, and one friendly courtier model so some of these, I think, are well, a couple of them for starters were either in the previous battle tactics or they've been tweaked a little bit. So, for example, I actually think the first one, Scream to Death, was actually really achievable. It's something I used to always choose if I knew I wanted to move up, run, um, especially with Terror Geists with their bravery-based attack. Same thing with Flayers. Easy to wipe out a screen, especially if it's Noblars, whatever it might be, something that's quite easy to kill. If it's just a unit of 10, that's a no-brainer to me. Um, and I think that's very achievable. I think um, the pick one monster on the battlefield, this is something that we've seen before, although you used to be able to score a extra um, victory point if it was killed with an abhorrent. So this has changed. I think this is doable too, given how fighty some of our um, big monsters and things are or big blocks of whatever it might be definitely achievable as well um but now it's only with an abhorrent so yeah i think it's doable we've got fighty lords so definitely something i could choose these next two are something that are definitely turn based or situationally based so if we're picking um you know a tactic basically where every enemy unit on the battlefield is within three inches of a friendly flesh eater courts um it's going to be based on the amount of units you've got on the board right so just depends on how many units is how how easy you're going to score. Um, the other one, I mean, every friendly unit um, on the battlefield is wholly within 12. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, wholly within 12 of Flesh Eater Court's hero that has six noble deeds. That's going to be easy to score if you have next to no units and you still have a Lord jacked up with six deed points. So not easy to score at the start because you're not going to basically cram everything in. Um, so, yeah, those two are a little bit odd to me, I think, but just turn-based. I think um, over. I think overrun, for example, is a great turn four, turn five battle. Yeah, tactic. late game. 
Late game, like, absolutely. That's a great late game. I would not yep. be doing it early or even mid-game. No. That's what I mean. Turn-based. I think definitely late game, late in the piece for sure. I actually really like Lance Formation. So when I read this, it's not unmodified, basically unmodified charge move or charge roll. So I think this in conjunction with add one to run and charge rolls, things like that, that we talked about is going to make it easier to achieve. Um, and spoiler alert, um, spoiler alert, the Morbags Knights, I think I am going to take these in pairs. So I think this is something that I might try. Um, and getting a seven off with increased, um, you know, increased charge rolls and things is definitely something that is doable, although it's a feels bad if you roll low. When so, you say pairs, are you saying two units of three? Because yeah, they, come, yeah. they come in units of three. Just I just, yeah. I just want to clarify the uh, the pairs piece. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be taking those, I think, at least, you know, definitely one, if not two units, and this will open up that tactic. And I just think it's that little bit more achievable with plus one to charge. Um, and Ties of Chivalry, this was actually good back when you had Tunnel Master. So you could take a little cheeky courtier. He was a surf and he was a courtier. You could Tunnel Master onto a point and then move, you know, some flares that you've summoned. You move on to a point that you previously didn't control and then suddenly you've got a, you know, a tactic. So that was something that was easy to achieve. Keywords have now been changed for the courtier and now you've got no Tunnel Master, things like that. But, I mean, doable, doable, but you also need all three types of units. So... Yeah, I think some of these definitely easier than others, and some of them you're just going to have to hold on to them for, for the late game. I quickly went and looked at the Gore Warden to see if the Gore Warden is a courtier, and it's not. Yeah, no. no. I was like, because yeah. the, the spoiler alert, the Gore Warden can come in from reserve. So I'm mm. like, oh, that could be your, your yeah, yeah. native tunnel master, but no, it's an abhorrent, not a courtier. So yeah. take that one out, especially because it can take a unit of knights with it. So like just yeah. down, like that was that wombo combo. Yeah, we're so close to this wombo combo. I can't wait to, to bring it up. It's so good. All right. Um, there's a couple of good ones in here. I think you're right. Uh, a lot of them are situational and, and, you know, not really like turn one battle tactics. And yeah. I guess it depends on your builds and how the game yeah. unfolding, but it seems yeah. like there's a lot of options for you from turn two to turn five. Yeah. And this is like, I think the question I asked you quite a, quite a while ago, actually it wasn't quite a while ago, it was the world's was, I was interested to see how easy battle tactics are getting as far as like is this book suddenly going to just, we'll see it in the meta. Will it shoot people to five and O's based on tactics, all that sort of stuff. I think this is in a very good place. I think these are achievable. They're not quite Zinch. They're not quite Daughters of Cain, but they're still quite good. Um, so I'm actually pleased to see that things like this are still kept in, you know, a reasonably good spot. They're not too overly easily achieved, but they're not awfully bad either. So I think for me, I actually just appreciate a, a good, reasonable set of tactics. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing easy, nothing too hard. It just no. depends on your list and how you build it out and how yeah. you... But, but I feel like th there's enough in the toolbox here for you to confidently, between the General's Handbook and this one, um, to be able to 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 have choices and to be able to score as many as you can score. So uh, yeah, I think you're yeah. in a good spot. Absolutely, yep. So um, before you get into the War Scrolls, let's maybe reflect on what we've gone through so far. How are you as a player feeling at this particular point about Flesh Eater Chords, your new book? You've clearly illustrated that we've lost things and we've lost some rules that 
for some players we've been a crutch that have been you know generate 600 800 points of models on the table turn one or turn two and mm. you know play the recursion game rolling as many fives up as humanly possible and there's been plenty of things that you know um successful flesh eater cost players have been relying on you've mm. lost it and in it's in its replace you've gotten these uh noble d points that you can use for plenty of things you've got priests you've got new spell law you've got uh, artifacts and command traits that are no longer locked to your sub faction um and you have mount traits and and priests and all these things yeah how are yeah. you feeling right now as a list builder and as a competitive fact player i think with whatever we've lost we've also gained so i think things are it's one of those things, same but different. I think we've got a lot more flexibility now, which is nice. It's That in itself is so much better. I think this book still plays to what the classic feck is and, and, you know, was. I think it's, you know, get your buffs off, move up, do the fighting, do all the business. You've still got musters, although it's, you know, a little bit different. You've still got bring back units. Again, a little bit different. Um I think that there's more flexibility. It still plays to classic feck, but I also like to see that it's not so reliant on CPs anymore. So I think, like, from memory, I don't think I've seen a single command ability on a war scroll, for starters. Like, and you don't necessarily need it, though. So you've got the ability to try and get all these things off without having to rely on CP, which is really nice, especially in the meta now when you're going to see people being able to try and easily turn off um, command abilities and things like that you're not going to suffer as much. To lose a CP to feeding frenzy or something like that was a big deal. Um, now you can just be just as slappy, but you don't need to rely on certain things like that to, to get it off. So, yeah, I, I'm very optimistic with this book. I'm very happy with the way it's gone. I still think it stays true to its roots, and I just think there's just different ways to, to try and get those classic things off. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think I'll definitely be building into all of the above ways to get back models to try and resurrect them to try and turbocharge them and and get some work done so still classic feck just with a different twist i think for me if i was to summarize the change i think you've gained an extra dimension mm. fleshy to courts was a very simple army it was you have a very limited number of war scrolls your sub factions built into a very specific way of playing. If you were playing Hollow Morn, Grizzled, or Blister Skin, like they all very dimensional, right? You run Blister Skin, it's very good for your um, your flayers. You run, you know, it was very very one dimensional. You summon yep. a bunch of things, you run forward, and it's like, do you slap harder than your opponent? Can you double fight? Yada yada yada. Yep. I think now you've gained an extra dimension and even if things aren't going your way you have enough tools in the toolbox mm. to be able to dig in and potentially swing back a loss or mm. if you're getting if you're someone who likes to list tech and to get into some some wombo combos as you've kind of already called it out there is a lot more synergy and a lot more tools um probably the only thing as a spoiler that i'm probably disappointed about is that there is no uh new courtier models so games workshop if you're listening to my preview yeah know, know that i'm mad i'm not mad i'm disappointed that we did not get a new set of courtiers so maybe a underworld's warband can can do a flayer a horror and a ghoul courtier just, just um, let me buy them in singles <laughs> just let me buy them in singles yeah but outside of that i think there's um a lot of good things so far and i can't wait uh, in a second to get into the war scrolls uh, anything finally before we kind of 
uh, we, we go into the war scrolls? Um, no, I guess just following on from what you said, you definitely, you've got more flexibility, you've got more tools. You now have obviously priests, which is amazing because it's obviously, you know, priests are great for getting things off without having to cast and getting dispelled and things like that. So having priests is always good. And I think it's probably worth noting, old Vec always had re-roll hits, re-roll wounds, whatever it might have been. Everything was offensive. I think now you have more defensive things. So you've also got pluses to save, pluses to wards, things like that. Like I think... Now you also have a defensive aspect to try and support your army, which is actually really healthy. I think it's really nice. Pluses to save if you're on yep. a uh, objective. You can yep. obviously add pluses to ward saves. There's healing. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I, I would tend to agree because yeah, that's probably where I'm going with this. Like you were one dimensional. It's just all yep. offense, like all gas, yep. no breaks. Uh, yep. Now you can play the trade yep. game. Now that you can play yep. defense, now you can build around this. So that's right. Cool. All right, Christian, this has been good so far. I, I think it's now time to get into um, into the War Scrolls. So um, yep. are we ready? Yeah, 100%, man. Let's do it. All right, so now it's time to unpack these War Scrolls. And to do it, though, we need to refer to the Charnel Throne, which is our terrain feature. And we've already alluded to the fact that uh, there has been some minor changes and the change very much has been around the fact that you used to be able to what uh, issue a command for free or without a CP, yeah. and there were some shenanigans yeah. around that. Uh, Christian has already referred to the fact that you're not as CP hungry, and the noble deed points has replaced the the, the summoning abilities. And what you're going to see here is that uh, you still your terrain feature; it's still defensible. Uh, but there's two things you need to know. The first one is that the ghoulish landmark while an enemy unit is within 12 inches of this terrain feature it cannot be affected by abilities that would allow you to ignore battle shock tests finally and probably the one that you're most interested in is the ruler of all they survey so at the start of your hero phase add d3 noble deed points to any friendly flesh eater courts hero that is garrisoned in this terrain feature and we've already referred to the fact that you can only garrison uh, this this with one friendly flesh eater course hero that has a wounds characteristic of seven or less. So uh, it will allow us to do our Gore Warden, our Abhorrent Ghoul King, our Ghoul King on foot, all of these little heroes, nothing like the Vargul for obviously higher. So they have uh, eight wounds or more. Yep, yep. Um, and we we talked upon the, the fact of um ruler of all they survey easy ways to start trying to generate those noble deed points in conjunction with that first you know first turn um heroic action which is roll a dice for every every unit wholly within 12 on fives you get an extra point so a really easy way to quickly try and turbocharge a, a um a hero with those noble deed points cool so we we uh whether we're going to sit a hero on this um Every turn, maybe we make it the, uh, I can't remember, was it the command trait that allowed you to get plus two to the casting if you had like six noble deed points. You could yep. have a backboarding wizard casting slinging spells mm -hmm. from a defensible position, or you could use it just for that first turn, generate a, a bunch of extra three points and then yep. uh, go up and be free and, you know, yeah. do feeding frenzy and stuff, right? So there's a bit of flexibility yep. here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, still garrisonable. So you still, you know, it's still, um, you know, works in conjunction with trying to keep your, your, your general alive. Still works with, you know, if you're garrisoned and you're not able to be targeted outside 12, like you suddenly got the very, very 
you know, tanky and defensible lord. So it's it's a it's a great piece. One thing I will call out as well is I like that you if you weren't relying on using it to like that that wizard, for example, the backboarding wizard who's mm-hmm. like sitting defending on it. If you're planning to run away from your channel throne, you could use this really aggressively by putting it as far up the board as humanly mm-hmm. possible and yeah. trying to maximize that ghoulish landmark to mm-hmm. you shrug off battle shock for your opponents, mm-hmm. the the zombie dragon we've talked about as well, or you yeah. know, using the monstrous rampage to be able to reduce their bravery by two and the grim garland yeah. to make it an extra one. Yeah. All of a sudden, if you want to play the bravery game, go into your endless spells. Mm-hmm. Um there there's some play here yeah yeah definitely use in conjunction with things it's definitely it's definitely good i always played it forward deployed purely for the fact that before you know as long as you had somebody deployed on it and then you know you could use a free cp to to summon a unit but also so could people around it as well so i wouldn't want to necessarily sit it back because in my first turn i have to summon you know like I don't want to be restricted in movement, especially when I want to run up the board and get some work done. So I always forward deployed it. You can use it to try and um, bottleneck certain, you know, areas between terrain and things like that. So, yeah, all over. It was, yeah, it's a nice piece. I null deploy mine because I haven't been able to get one for ages. So oh, uh, really? hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully with the launch of this box, they re-release the, uh, the terrain feature oh, it right. for a long time. Everyone deploys it back to front because the base the way like when you're measuring things from the actual terrain piece there's like a little bit of extra length on the back of it so everyone just deploys it you know back to front so it's kind of odd to see (laughs) so without being here for 10 years folks we're going to go through all of the war scrolls but we're not going to go incredible depth i know you're going to screenshot this and you're probably going to put on the facebooks and chat and that's totally cool we're going to try to give you as much value as possible without being here for 10 years. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot to go through, folks, because mm-hmm. there is new units. And obviously, we know horrors, flayers, and your, your, your ghouls, as well as your new uh, hollow. Marrow scroll. Marrow scroll. Marrow scroll Herald. Herald. Uh, they are as is from the Dawnbringers 1 book that are already in your app. So uh, I don't believe there was any change, if I, if I remember no. correctly. So no, all the same. Let's get into the war scroll. Everyone wants to see oh, the Mortar Delusion. Finally, he's here. Oshoran himself, the first ghoul king himself, locked in a prison by Nagash until I think it was Sigma unlocked him. Uh, thinking here, I don't know. I don't know what Sigma was thinking, but he unlocked him in the uh, the Age of Chaos, and you know, Oshoran ran off and and be freed and and started what is now the Grand Court, that is Flesh Eater Court. So there's a lot going on here, and we probably will spend a little bit more time on this compared to some of the other War Scrolls, but what do you need to know? Movement of 10, incredibly fast. That that caught me off guard, actually, how fast he's going to be, and so much so I'm actually looking at the book to make sure that wasn't an error. No, it's not an error. Movement of 10, save of 4, bravery of 10, 16 wounds. You have two attack profiles, uh, the three inches, uh, well, the scepter is three inches, three attacks, hits on threes, wounds on twos, uh, ren minus two for D3 plus three, and then your monstrous claws and fangs, which uh, can be up to 10 attacks depending on where he is on his damage profile. Uh, hits on threes, wounds on threes, ren minus one and two damage. Christian, at this particular point, how are you feeling about this particular, just the baseline profile of the melee attacks and the uh, the general stats? 
I like it. I like the amount of wounds is awesome. I think, you know, four plus save is, is reasonable. I mean, he's no Nagash, you know, with, you know, running, you know, three plus saves, all sorts of things. But I think the wounds profile save, I think it's reasonable. The move characteristic, I think I would agree, especially on a model that I have obviously not seen, but I'm anticipating it's going to be a big base. Like I would think that something so big would move a bit slower, but it's not. Um, he's a beat stick enough. Like D3 plus three is you know definitely good i think that's really good at two rend i like it and he's also got the horde clear with a potential you know in a perfect world if you roll that's a potential 20 damage um you're not going to roll that but it's it's good he's he's able to kill big things he's able to kill small things so i think that's all really decent cool there's a couple of other things that you need to know uh we talked about the damage profile as well uh but 16 wounds isn't really 16 wounds which is a little sneaky piece here so mm. a couple of the key words you need to know about first one it is a double casting wizard ignore the spelling mistake i literally wrote this this whole book word for word i copied it all so uh i misspelled cast there uh but you can cast two spells in the hero phase and unbind two in the enemy hero phase wonderful war master so in if it's in flesh eater courts uh you'll, you'll be a general uh even if it's not picked to be a general the uh, epicenter of delusion and you can see this is tied into the monster table starting at 30 and degrades as low as 12 inches so if this unit is a part of a flesh eater courts army in the hero phase you can pick one delusion from the uh, from the courts of delusion battle traits until the end until your next hero phase that delusion applies to friendly flesh eater court units while they're wholly within the epicenter of delusion um, as shown on the damage table in addition to the delusion you picked at the start of the first turn so we can now take two delusions and we can change them up throughout the game mm -hmm. yeah it's that's that's really good especially if you want the feast day to try and get the the four deed points instead of six and you're shooting for let's say you want to kill gargants you want to take the plus one to wound awesome you suddenly got I think like it's it's really good. I think it's he's always in my mind, you know, I, I was hoping that he'd be a good support piece and that that in itself is really good, especially with a 30 in 30 inch range. It's huge. It, it's it's massive. It's board it's board covering. It's really good. I think for me, one of the cool things as well is the fact that like the plus one to run and plus one to charge only has so yeah. much use. Like once you're in yeah. combat, that's a completely yeah. useless delusion. Yeah. You make that the delusion for Ushoran, you get yeah. the, the plus one against monsters or whatever other one you might want to pick, and then you can switch it out. Like once you're in combat, you can switch it out to something completely different, and I love that utility. But yeah. there is more than that. He's the Carrion King, so while the Carrion King has six noble deed points, friendly flesh eater courts are affected by feeding frenzy when they are within wholly within 24 inches of this unit instead of 12. Mm -hmm. so that's, yep. that's brutal yeah <laughs> suddenly you 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 know you only necessarily need to rely on one model to you know affect a whole bunch of models rather than you know basically leapfrog the bubbles over so that's really really handy but wait there's more shroud cage shroud cage fragments at the start of the combat phase subtract one from bravery characteristic for each enemy unit within three inches of this unit until the end of the battle that's spicy mm. then Roll 2d6 for each enemy unit that's within one inch of this unit. Now, we don't know the base size. I'm predicting like a 90 or 100 mil circle or an oval. I'm imagining Catacross, um, 
Mega Gargan, Bellacore, something around that size. I, I, we don't know yet, but it could be quite a generous base size. But anyway, if the result is higher than the bravery characteristic of that unit, the strike last effect applies to that unit until the end of the phase. Mm -hmm. The Assurant also has a ward of 5+. plus. In the hero phase, you in your hero phase, you can heal up to 2d3 wounds allocated to this unit. So ward of 5, so you're deflecting 1 in every 3. You, your, your crypt uh, guard could be bringing that down to a Four, and he's healing 2d3 let alone with heroic willpower mm -hmm. and then finally the rule that i kind of like blew my mind and mm -hmm. such a such a me rule is the glimpse of delusion it's a spell with a casting value of seven and a range of 18 if successfully cast pick one enemy model within range and visible to the caster then pick one melee weapon that the enemy mod model is armed with and pick one other enemy unit within range of that weapon. That enemy model immediately makes combat attacks with that weapon, targeting the other enemy unit. So let's say, for example, you've got Archeon sitting next to Varangard and it, it's within two because it's screening, right? You could use the Sword of the Slayer of Kings on the Varangard unit. You yep. could pick a Gatebreaker who is defending King Broad because you need to bubble in King Broad's um, sub-faction, and the Gatebreaker could use his flail against King Broad. That's the first thing I thought about was King Broad's stomp. To, to keep, you know, big gargants next to each other, I think to get the five ward or something something silly like that, like pick a gargant stick and just go crazy and start beating the same person over the head with it. So, yeah, definitely cheeky. And if you pick the right unit with the right weapon, um, I think it's going to do work. And it also gives people something to think about in the way that they're moving, deploying, and and keeping units next to each other. So, yeah, it's super, super, super um, cheesy rule, which I really like. And like you said, I think to summarize, the fact that he's got a five ward, potentially more, he's going to be healing. Even if you, you know, if you try and use the prayer to basically heal back wounds as well, like we've seen. Um, he's, he's a tank. This guy is going to be an absolute tank if the right things happen. So, yeah. And and like we said before as well, just interesting to mention, he is Hollow Morn as well that we can see here too. Great call out as well. Yes, yeah, so Hollow Morn. Uh, this to me seems like a unit that I want to get into combat ASAP, but I'm not going to run him into combat alone. Um, I want to get up those points ASAP to be able to create that amazing, uh, not the, uh, the, uh, is it the shroud? No, what's the rule? Uh, the carrying King rule. Uh, yep. I want to get that, that, um, that amazing 24 inch water for feeding frenzy, which means I may not have to rely on all my other little heroes to get up feeding, you know, the six, uh, noble D points because mm -hmm. the Ashoran is, is at least doing it for me. Um, and Maybe the question I've got for you is, first off, do you like the the War Scroll? I do, yeah. I do. Apart from the, the model that already had me at, at first glance, I, I've been waiting for this model forever, and I like he's one of my, my main favourites. But I think the War Scroll does what it, it thematically should do. I think it's got a lot of bonuses and benefits to actually running it to support everybody else. Um even the way that certain rules like the bravery characteristic for instance like you use that in conjunction with 
Grim Garland, minus two to Bravery, you know, monstrous action, all those sorts of things. Seems like everything will work nicely. If you bring the Bravery down so low, you're rolling the Bravery characteristic with, I think it's the Shroud Cage Fragment. Um, a whole lot of units if you tag the right ones, I guess. Um, short range, but Strike's last effect on multiple units, amazing. So I think used correctly, this is going to be really nice. Ashoran is 260 as per the battle tome. Now, that obviously could change down the track. Up 460. 460. 460. 460. Yeah. 460 yeah. points. Yeah. Is he worth 460? I started playing around with list building with this, and he's around the same price from memory as like a, you know, a Ghoul King on, on Terror Geist or something, which might be about 450 or something, or yeah. maybe the yeah, Zombie so Dragon. Yeah. So Ghoul King on Terror Geist is 450 and Ghoul yeah. King on Zombie Dragon is 440. Yeah. So I think in a similar in a similar price range, if like to me, if I'm willing to pay that much for a Ghoul King on Monster, I'm happy to pay that for this guy. Although it just depends on the list because I think you need a really good amount of points allocated to your core tiers. You need a good mix of abhorrence to bring back units. So I think at a point, this guy gets a bit too expensive, but I think he's reasonably priced for what he does. So I don't have any issues with the fairness of the pricing, but it depends on the list that you're trying to build. I think people may find this guy a bit you know, too expensive. They might not be able to fit him in. I think the list that would normally run a Ghoul King on Terror Geist or Zombie Dragon is just going to drop that. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. just going to drop that for Ishoran. Yeah. And I was just, That's while we talk, while we were talking, I looked at the price of um, Neferata and Manfred. And Neferata is, what, 400? Four ten? Nah, uh, yeah, sorry, is 410, Manfred's yeah. 400. Yeah. And spe Special K is, uh, where is he? He's, was he up uh, here? He's, he's 500. Five, special yeah. K is 500. Yeah. Um, 20 points, so it's 20 wounds, obviously a different war scroll. Mm. I think it's fair. I think four, I, I, four I sixty is fair. I think he's fair. Yeah, I, I do. Like I said, I'll, I'll reiterate the point that if I'm willing to pay, you know, an extra, if I'm willing to pay an extra ten points for instead of a Ghoul King on Terror Geist or whatever it may be, awesome. I'm definitely happy to do that, and I think it's 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 a fair it's a fair cost. Whether people actually want to invest, you know, almost a quarter of their points in a big model. That's up to them. Depends what they're building for. Like I said, you still need to, you know, have a safe amount of points allocated to other heroes. But he's great for what he does and his points. I think he's going to be a really good addition to to most lists. So my last question was going to be, and you've kind of segued into it: Is he auto include? You often see you often see Mortark sitting in the you 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 don't you know you, you never take blood without Nephi. You never take knight without Manfred. You know. Yep. Catacross is almost in all Ossiarch Bone Reapers lists, but Arkan yep. really hasn't been for a while. Mm. Auto include? My, I must say my first initial impression was yes. I was like, yeah, awesome. The fact that the bubbles are so big, you can have two delusions. You've also got a buffed range of feeding frenzy. So if this guy is at, you know, four deed points and you buff it to a range of 24, like everything starts making sense. Awesome. Um, look, I, I think, yes, I think he's good. I think he does a lot of work for his points and I don't think any other model you can pay for in the army will do as much as this guy. He's a tank, bit of a beat stick. Like he's got buff wide, or I should say almost board wide buffs. Um, 
yeah, I, I'd, I'd struggle to, to kick him out, put it that way. I don't know if I would go as far as to saying this is an auto-include, but for my own lists, I would never leave home without it because I like utility. I really value the utility factor of, of units, and this brings ultimate utility. If I'm someone who has a very strong plan, whether it's based around horrors or knights, and I want to charge, I want to maximize that charge, mm -hmm. and I want to do all these things, you may not value the utility because you want to just maximize and you know, have a streamlined plan. But I think in a lot of cases, you'll be better off for it. You want to run a lot of ghouls, I could see this playing really nicely. You want to play a bunch of knights, you, you play nicely. I guess by putting a lot of points, though, into this model, um, you won't get the, re the recursion gain because mm. you're not going to have yep. as many heroes to support your uh, big blocks of troops. So mm. if you want to play the recursion game, you probably aren't taking Ashoran, um, but you might be getting the recursion through the fact that you absolutely slap with this one buffed up six, six noble pointed Ashoran who is mm. now giving Feeding Frenzy. And when you release the Knights and you release the, you know, your, 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 your damage sheet, mm. they hit hard. And you only had to get one unit up to, to do so. Yeah, yeah. I think the only way that I found it was a bit disappointing, when, not disappointing, but when I started building a list, I think people will be so surprised at how fast they run out of points. Like yeah. when I'm trying to include courtiers and all sorts of things, I just kept running out of points. I think from a War Scroll perspective, you look at him and you're like, awesome. I want him. I want to include him. Like we touched on the auto-include thing, but I think people will run out of points. And I think that's where you'll see him get kicked out. Not for his War Scroll, but for the pure fact that you just need more. You just need more things. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd say about Oshoran? I like it. I think it's cool. I can't wait to get the model. I do not have the model. It's not available as a part of this particular pre-release. Uh, so I imagine sometime after Christmas, between January and March, we'll probably see the second half of Flesh Eater Courts. And I cannot wait to get this model because uh, it is exactly what I would have expected Oshoran to look like. Mm -hmm. And it does not disappoint. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just wanted a, a, a horror on steroids and I got it. So I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of things that like little gems, like you can see the, the faces and the skulls all through mm. his cloak. I'm sure there's plenty of Easter eggs when you actually get the yeah. model and uh, I'm sure it's great. By the way, when we move to the next war scroll, can you do me a favor and move your mic closer to your mouth, please? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just so I can hear your beautiful Australian uh, dulcet tones that we we have that Bogan-esque type of... Uh, uh yeah anyway cool i yeah. uh, like it uh good war scroll maybe not auto include we're going to go through a, the rest of them pretty quickly because we don't have the 10 years to go through them uh, the horrid ghoul king on uh royal terror geist you will notice that there's a lot of common between the traditional terror geist without the hero and the one with the hero um a couple of things obviously we already i already spoke about and kind of revealed that the ferocious hunger spell uh casting value of six range of 12 allows you to re-roll a hit roll for your fanged more attacks for a one friendly royal terror guy. So whether you buff yourself or you buff your friend, uh, that is going to be delicious, especially when we talked about some of the other things you can do to increase damage, increase attacks. Um, thoughts on the Ghoul King on Royal Terror Geist? Anything that kind of stands out for you? And are you putting your Ghoul King on a Terror Geist or are you more of a zombie dragon kind of guy? 
Um, okay, so I think this War Scroll actually got a bit of a buff, to be fair, a bit of a glow-up. Um, the Wounds characteristic now is two more, which is nice. Save is still the same. Um, if you Only on the Ghoul King, but only on the Ghoul King. When you go to the regular Terror Geist, it's still 14, um, yep. but the Abhorrent is 16. Yep. So an extra two wounds is always handy. If you look at the gory tangs and uh, gory talons and fangs, it used to be five attacks, threes and threes, one and one. Now you drop an attack for two damage. So that's always nice. Um, the rest is the same, although now we actually have talons. So that is something that's consistent with the zombie dragons that we actually seen get changed with soul blight. So now I really like the profile of seven attacks. 4312. It used to be something like four attacks, fours, threes, one D3. So I think we're going to see a lot more consistent output with something like this. And I was really hoping that it actually got those attacks changed over. So um, yeah, super stoked with that. To answer your question, if I was to choose one or the other, I always choose Terror Geist just because I I think it's so good to basically crush dreams when you're rolling hot on sixes. Um, although the zombie dragon gets the traits that I want rather than the terror geist mount traits. So that's the thing like plus one to hits, I think within 12 it was, and it was deep strike basically to come down from the sky. So based on traits, I'll choose a zombie dragon, but at, at face value on a um, war scroll, I would just choose a terror geist. Yeah, terror, terror geist does what terror geist does. Um, so you can see here the royal terror geist without the hero, as you mentioned, two less wounds. Uh, obviously, it doesn't have royal blood. There's a couple of other things like the spell. It still is infested. It still has the gaping moor. It still has the death streak. It still has fly. The only thing I'm super stoked that they actually changed, infested in the old book used to be each unit within three. So if you didn't, you know, if you didn't position properly, you were going to explode. You were going to hurt your own units. So now it's each enemy unit, which I was so thankful to see. That was just such yes. a little quality of life change. I'm so stoked about it. Yeah, good call. I'm looking at the old uh, infested and it says uh, before this model is removed from play, each unit within three. Yeah. And you're right, the old squeaks did the same. Like if I had a, a squeak, a big like colossal squeak or a mangler squeak next to a bunch of squeak herd, I'd hurt myself and it felt bad. It was dumb. Yeah. Now, good call. Really good yeah. pickup. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Terror, I mean, Terror Geist does Terror Geist things. It yeah. hasn't changed a lot. It still does the thing that it always did. Yeah, yeah, but same again. Now it has, like I said, now it has the talons, which is what consistent, uh, what was consistent with the the zombie dragon. So, like I said, more consistent damage output, in my opinion. I think these are, yeah, these are all the better for it. But more or less the same. Yeah, yeah minor changes at best. Uh, next up, you have your abhorrent ghoul king on zombie dragon, and again, the same is true. There is a lot of commonality between the two. Uh, though there is a key difference here, the first one I'll call out here is the Loathsome Descent. So you mentioned the deep striking from the Zombie Dragon um, mount trait. Mm -hmm. Without the mount trait, because the Royal Zombie Dragon without the Ghoul King can't take the mount trait, it already has this ability. So Loathsome Descent, you can um, deep strike it um, in your movement phase, so it's not restricted to your first movement phase, but yep. rather the movement phase so mm -hmm. um that would give you a little bit more benefit i don't know that's yeah. also in small black grave lords but not yeah. quite taken as often but how are you feeling about this one i think given you 
lost certain things like blister skin where you could just teleport units and things like that like you maintain the flexibility of movement in armies with this so this is good especially if you want to maintain you know flexibility with movement if you want to alpha strike certain things and then bust out your wombo combo move in charge i like this i i think it's good and it's something i i actually plan to run um i think the the spell is actually quite nice as well. If you don't want to deep strike things, you want to start on the board. Like, great. Great for a Gristlegore army. And it's an auto-include, in my opinion, for a Gristlegore army. Love it. Yeah, so I was going to... That good call out. So the Monstrous Hunger is uh, a casting value of 6, a range 18. If successfully cast, pick a fresh, friendly Flesh Eater Quartz monster. Wholly within range of the caster. And it's filled with Monstrous Hunger until your next hero phase. Uh, if you do so, that unit can basically run and still charge. So uh, yep. you could buff yourself, you could buff a friend, you know, bonus if you want to put on that um, that that D6 heroic action if a, if a unit's wounded and you get the, the free hero phase move, then you run, uh, use the command point to get a six, then yep. charge. It's, it's, you know... Yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah, and this is what we were... Um, this is a war scroll we were touching on about inspiring presence, looking at stacking those bravery things. So this is where it comes to, um, yeah, I think this thing will do work. And if the things go the way that they're meant to, like you'll see some really good results with being able to just clear units with this thing. Yeah, it, it's a, it's quite nice. I like the utility again of the Draconic Terror, being able to use the Monstrous Rampage as well, uh, being able to shut down commands. You could use Grim Garland. There's a lot of again, you want to play in this space. There are things you can do to to double down on it. But yeah, uh, from the memory, I think it's. So I was just going to say, from memory, I think it actually has an increased rend on the more. I think the more still used to be two, and now I think it's three. So maybe uh, you just double check that. But... Give me a second. So the uh, the snapping more, mm -hmm. the snapping. You you are right. So I'm looking at the uh, mm. the current war scroll. The snapping more yep. is uh, rend minus two. So yeah. Uh, so that's that's good. Let me, let me triple check that. That's not an error on my typing out an entire book. Nope. Yep. Nope. Snapping more. Ghoul King on Royal Zombie Dragon. It is rend minus three for three damage. Yep. So that's nice correct. one. That's yeah. That's delicious. Awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's a that's definitely a, a, a biting more for sure. Uh, I will say though, the Draconic Terror uh, is a little different. I, I don't know why they call it something different because when you look at the Zombie Dragon, it just has Terror. It's the mm. same rule. I don't know why they've changed. It's just called the same rule. I might yeah. understand. Cool, Zombie Dragon. Yeah. Zombie Dragon. It does Zombie Dragon things. You'll notice that um, the. The, the idiot on top, the, the gory talons and fangs are the same uh, across. And it's actually, that mm. profile will be quite consistent across the board. So you'll see a bunch of your, your hero idiots will have something very similar of the, the gory talons and fangs, and it will be a pretty consistent profile across the board. So mm -hmm. uh, that'll make things for your knowledge retention just that little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Now we have the uh, the <laughs> the Grand Justice Gourmet. Mm. So we have a uh, no, it's not even a wizard. You're not a wizard. You are just the judge of uh, judgment. And the the thing that you are really taking the the Grand Justice for is the pronounced judgment. So in your hero phase, pick one of the following judgments to pronounce. The same unit cannot be affected by more than one judgment at the same time. So don't buy two and try to stack them. You can't. You can take two, but you just can't stack them on a unit. So 
what are those four judgments you can choose if you um hit your gavel and i expect you to bring a gavel to your tournaments moving forward uh the petty transgression you pick one enemy unit that is visible to this unit and roll a dice on a three plus add one to the wound rolls for attacks made by friendly flesh eater course units that target that unit until the end of the turn if you are a dishonorable conduct in battle pick one enemy unit that is visible to this unit and more than three inches from friendly units roll a dice on a three plus friendly flesh eater course units can charge even if they ran in the turn so long as they finish the charge move within within half an inch of an enemy unit that you picked Grievous insult to the court, pick one enemy unit that is visible to this unit and within three inches of a friendly abhorrent. Roll a dice on a three plus, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly flesh eater courts unit that target that enemy unit until the end of the turn. Then my personal favorite is regicide. Pick one enemy unit that is visible to this unit and has slain a friendly abhorrent. Roll a dice on a three plus until the end of the turn add one to the damage characteristic of weapons used by friendly flesh eater course units that target that unit i love this guy i i, I love him i when i seen him i was like oh my god he's like he's like a priest but better like it's an ability right so it's not a prayer it's still on a three plus the same as the rest of the prayers in this book and it's board wine as long as it's as long as it's visible the range is infinite so I absolutely love this guy. I think if I've got just as much of a chance to get one of these offers, I do a prayer. I'm going to try and take him. I love the plus one, two wound. Love yes. it. Um, and it's like a common theme, I think. Maybe it's just the way I'm looking at it because I prefer the move run charge, the alpha thing. So this is another way to move run charge. Fantastic. Like, Love it. Um, you're right. I think Regicide is really good, especially when looking at it from opening up a tactic point of view. So kill a unit that's killed a general, right? So if you might have an opponent as your general, awesome. Suddenly that's an easy, you know, an easier um, achieved tactic. Uh, and I think the, where was it? Has to be within three inches. You can plus one to hit rolls, awesome, but you obviously still have to be in combat and things like that. But I love this guy for what he does. I think it's I think it's so cool. Um, yeah, for and I think from the points, I think he's from memory either one forty or one twenty. One forty. Um, one forty. Yeah. Right at the right at the end, we do have all the points on the screen, but one hundred forty points is correct. Yeah. So I think for one hundred forty points for what he does, I think it's awesome. Like three plus, you have a decent chance of getting something like this off. And like I said before, if you're plusing anything to wound, it's awesome. So you got another chance of that. So I like him. Yeah, really do. He's not necessarily a courtier, just to bear in mind, but he is an abhorrent. So he also has the potential to bring units back. I think the one call out here is we talked about uh, Oshoran before and the in the impacts of his points to the rest of the units. I feel like this is the type of unit that you want in your list, but if you take Oshoran and this, all of a sudden there's this knock-on effect where you start running out quickly. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I think I can see Gourmet dropping out of lists yeah. if you take Oshoran. Yeah. Um, there's only so many heroes and we have, again, we haven't even got to the native priest yet. Yeah. We haven't gotten, we haven't gotten to the Pope. So, yeah. uh, and it, let alone the, the courtiers, let alone the, yeah. the yeah. So like, it's like you've got your blessed for selection and it's going to be tough on where you, you put your hero points and one, one quarter of your army going into your Mortark. Mm -hmm. 
I get the feeling people might start dropping him when they realize he's just too much yeah. of a negative impact to what you want to do. Yeah, it's it's like I said before, like if anything, my not grievance, but my biggest problem when I was looking at this was you just run out of points. There's so many good things that you want in the army, especially the heroes. The heroes, your whole army is based around. You just run out. It's it's so hard to fit every every bit of goodness in it. So you're gonna have to make sacrifices. And you know the fact that he's hollow mourn that might affect the choice as well. Like little things like that. So yeah, I'd be interesting to see interested to see how often he's used. But me, I'll definitely be trying to run him. But whatever my list allows, we'll find out. If people do bring him and you role play and you bring a gavel and you bring a uh, judge's <laughs> wig, I would love to see you dressed up, especially if you dye it pink like you see here on the Gourmet. Uh, credible model. And uh, another credible model that I actually really enjoyed uh, building was the uh, the Gore Warden. So I've been putting him up on screen a few times. This is a part of the um, the box. So you do get the Gore Warden if you buy the start collecting or not start collecting the, the army box that is coming out literally as this video comes out. Um, some interesting rules. You have essentially a flying abhorrent. But one of the, the things, actually, there's, there's two rules you're really going for here. One is the Royal Hunting Party. The other is the Winds of Shayish, which is a spell. The Royal Hunting Party, and, and Christian's already alluded to his love of movement. Instead of setting up this unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say it's circling the skies in reserve. If you do so, when you would normally set up a Crypt Flayer or Morbeg Knights unit in deployment, you can say that it is joining uh, the the, um, the Gore Warden encircling the sky. So basically, you can take the Gore Warden and a Crypt Flayer or Morbeck Knights unit and put them into reserve. At the end of your movement phase, you can set up this unit more than nine inches from all enemy units. And if you do so, you set up the unit that joined it uh, within nine inches. So basically, you put down one, the other one has to be within nine, and nine inches away from all enemy units so you've got a deep striking uh unit which is pretty neat and then the winds of shayish which is a spell casting value of six range of nine if successfully cast pick one friendly flesh eater quartz unit that can fly and is wholly within range and visible to the caster remove this unit from the uh, pick from the battlefield and set it up again more than nine inches from all enemy units and uh, wholly within nine inches of each other neither of them so basically it basically teleports with a friend uh, and neither of them can move in the following movement phase so a lot of movement shenanigans from our abhorrent gore warden as a movement man christian how are you feeling about the gore warden good good especially because we are coming up to the all-important wombo combo but from looking at his war scroll um it's good to see that pretty much the blister skin you know, command ability um, has been rolled into his um, war scroll. So that was the pick a unit, teleport it, basically. So it's good to see that we've still got that in the army. This is good as well because we can suddenly get out of dodge in the hero phase. So you're not going to be giving away any redeploys and things like that. Um, and you don't necessarily have, you know, you're teleporting out of combat. You're not retreating. So I think this is really good, especially in an unfavorable, um, you know, um, engagement. It's nice to see that you've got that and you've got that flexibility. Um, and definitely the Royal Hunting Party is going to be um, yeah, really great with, with more bag knights and all that sort of stuff. So attack profile's decent. Essentially he's a abhorrent ghoul king with wings. Um, although he casts and unbinds a little bit less. Um, but all in all, yeah, 
definitely definitely going to see an appearance in in a lot of lists. I think seven wounds, so it can go into the Charnel Throne uh, yep. if, if you choose to not put it into the Royal Hunting Party. And part of me actually doesn't want to put it into reserve. I'd be happy with its movement of twelve to actually deploy it on the table, sit it down, uh, get some D three extra points. Uh, mm -hmm. use the winds of Shaiish to maybe do that in turn one. I'd maybe rather use that to teleport around the board as opposed to use the deep strike. But if I needed it, it's also there. So I love the utility mm -hmm. again of the the Gore Warden. Um, seven wounds as well as nice, four up save. The, the, the mm -hmm. attack profile's fine. Um, yep. As I said, it's very consistent with your, your abhorrent heroes. Yep. Yeah, like you just touched on, in, interesting tech I think is cool if you want to start him in the channel throne try and generate those additional d3 first turn use a heroic ability to try and generate you know another x amount if you deploy you know around him so you might suddenly have this you know you get at least four noble d points you've got feast day so suddenly you're working on four noble d points you teleport him up the board and then you're suddenly within range to give people feeding frenzy awesome so definitely tech in that people once they i think sort of realize that it's a, a quick way to get a unit online with a, a bunch of extra attacks awesome it's a good it's definitely a good unit and i think yeah we'll be seeing it a lot yeah uh 100, 150 points by the way if, uh, if people are thinking about this so it's a little bit more expensive than your courtiers and your um your i mean the same price actually is an abhorrent arch regent Mm -hmm. uh, yep, a lot yep. of du double A's, but you'll see the abhorrent arch region is a double caster. So, yep. uh, which which I actually quite like. The double caster is quite unique in this yeah. outside of like Ashoran, right? So there's a yep. very clear role on what it brings to the table. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying. There's there's very limited amounts of casts in this army. So, yeah, it, it's one of the best ones, even though it's just a little foot hero. So yeah, and here he is. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I actually really like the role that the Abhorrent uh, Archregent brings now. So same price as the Gore Warden. You don't have as much movement. But what you do get is a double caster and a double unbinder, which is nice. They all have uh, – all of the, the, the Abhorrents have the Royal Bloods. So they're all healing. But some really interesting rules, right? You've got Countless Servants, where at the start of your hero phase, you can return up to three slain models to a friendly Serfs unit. That's within uh, 18. That's a very generous bubble. Or you can return one friendly Knight unit uh, within 18. So that's not even costing you a Noble Deed point. That's just mm -hmm. bringing back a model, not even a Rally. It obviously works with Rally. It works with the Deed points, but you're getting back models for free. And then you've also got the spell called the Carrion Call, which is a, a spell with a casting value of six. If successful, the following movement phase, friendly Flesh Eater Course units that are set up at the end of the movement phase can immediately move D6. Yeah. So this is finally what I've been so excited about because when I seen this in conjunction with the use of, say, the um, Gore Warden with a, a bunch of Morbeg Knights, suddenly you have, you know, even Terror, uh, sorry, Zombie Dragons and things like that. You can alpha this army now. So the spell is, you know, in the following movement phase for units that basically get set up, you get a free D6 move. Awesome. So suddenly you can just deep strike everything take off um you know d6 inches worth of a, of a nine inch charge and then you know using conjunction with plus one to run and charge you just get all your units in i think this is such a good wombo combo i think he's really good yes you miss out on ferocious hunger which historically was the extra d3 attacks which was obviously phenomenal um 
but you know, just a different role. And he has come down, I think, like 100, 110 points or something. So he's just, yeah, he, he just fulfills a different role. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to be used for people that want to try and get into combat very, very quickly once, um, you know, units are being brought down from, from reserve. So yeah, fantastic model. I'll definitely find a, a spot for him. Like we said, two cars, two unbind. Awesome. And Correct. have a free have a free night. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this would also allow you to move when you summon loyal subjects, right? Because you're at the end of the movement phase, you are setting up a unit on the side of the board. Um Yes. Yes. Like, 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 like I'm just I'm just rereading summoning and again folks, this is literally on day one, so this might get FAQ'd and derided, but I'm just rereading the summoned loyal subjects and I'm 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 pretty yeah. sure this is allowing me to make a move yes. after I summon them. Yeah, because I think you need to bring those units at the end of the movement phase. If correct, I'm... correct, correct. Yep. At the and end the wording the... supports that. Yeah, correct. At the end of the movement phase, each friendly abhorrent can spend six. Blah 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 blah. If you do so, pick one friendly surf knight, destroyed. Put a mark back on the table outside of nine. Yeah, destroy. I, yeah. I'm not seeing. I'm not. I'm not seeing a lot of reasons why summon loyal subjects wouldn't wouldn't um allow me to use carrying uh sorry the the, the carrying carrying core yeah. 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 yeah 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 it's it's fantastic when i seen this rule i had to read it again because i was like this just opens up so much so much goodness so yeah i i think it's a very very good spell it's not ferocious hunger but it's something arguably that's equally as good i think if you want to play the movement game yeah um, cool and again, yeah, this is the cool. challenge, right? Is again, you have a Shoran, where are your points coming from? Yeah, and yeah. people like this get dropped, or it's like, you know what, this gives me so much utility as well, especially when I'm if I do plan to bring on models for, from the um the summon loyal subjects, uh, I actually really need this rule because then it makes a nine inch charge potentially mm. three to six or yeah. eight. Yeah. It's much more yeah. one of those things. If if he gets knocked out of people's lists, it won't be because he's bad it will just be because people can't fit him or it doesn't suit what they need him to do in the list but like i said there's too much goodness there, there is so much you're gonna have to be picky a model that i love i love this unnatural speed spell so the abhorrent ghoul king um again you'll notice the gory talons and fangs literally the same profile uh it is a single cast a single unbinder it does heal and hit the d3 royal blood two interesting rules that you want to know about the code of honor at the start of the combat phase you can pick an enemy hero within one inch of this unit and say that it will duel that enemy hero if you do so add one to the damage characteristic of melee weapons used uh until the end of the phase but they must only target that enemy hero and again we've obviously seen other ways to get extra attacks and extra damage as well and other things so again nice little little assassins that they could possibly mm. be in addition the unnatural spell being a casting value of six if successfully cast this unit can immediately make a charge and you can roll 3d6 for the charge roll if the charge is successful the strike first effect applies to that unit in the following combat phase this is i think what you said like i see this guy as like a little little ninja like a little assassin if he can get on top of like a little wizard like a, you know war channel like just something I, I think it'll knock him out of the park like especially if he's within range of feeding frenzy and something like that like let's say six attacks at two damage each like 
it's pretty good. Like it's it's not it's not bad, and I think with a small base size as well, with a three D six charge, you'll be able to squeeze him in certain places that bigger units won't go. I think he's just a little assassin. I think he's I think he's really cool. What what we need to remember as well is we are charging in the hero phase. You are immediately charging, so you can avoid unleash hell. You can obviously you can't fight in the hero phase, but being able to pin pin uh, an enemy and then allows you to again avoid redeploys as well. Um, and the three D six charge is is quite quite nice. So turn two to turn three, this little hundred and something point. I think it's one hundred and ten or one hundred and uh, yeah. like it's it's. He's good. I, for the price yeah. value, I think he's good. Yeah. No, no. 130, 130, 130. He's 130. Okay. Still, yeah. still. Like, he's nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, any anything that gets around free redeploys and unleash shell, it's 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 really cool. I think it's like one of those things. If you can retreat and charge, if you can move out of turn, like it's really powerful and it's really frustrating to come up against an army that can do things like that, like iron jaws where they've just got all this movement and it's just, you just stand there with your hands in the air and you can't do anything. And you're like, okay, I guess, I guess you're doing this. So well, charge, yeah, they it, can charge in the, they charge in the hero phase yeah, and being able to kill you. And like, yeah. that, it's, it's so good. Mighty redeploy and all this like shenanigans and stuff like it's, yeah, it, it's all powerful stuff. So if you can get around it, awesome. You just, you're just limiting the player from what they can do. Again, not a, not an auto include, and it will depend on no, how you build your no. list and what you want to do. But I think yep. he, uh, it, it does bring some good utility and some some interesting tools to to the mix. Yeah, yeah, he's handy for sure. Yep. The unit that I wanted to talk about for so long, your main pope, man. Yeah, yeah. The pope, the pope is here. My city's <laughs> a stigma has a pope. My flesh eater cords has a pope. The game is better for having popes, and uh, I, I can't stress enough how exciting this is because death has no priests. Yeah, this until is really now. really cool. Yeah, until cool. now, it's pope so, season, everybody. Bring out, bring out your religious gear. It's time to anoint your enemies to the good word that is Ashuran, right? So yep. your abhorrent cardinal. So again, like you look at the war scroll, five wounds, four up save. So what? You know, and you probably don't want to get this person into combat, but what you do want is the speaking in tongues. So uh, it, it also has royal blood as well. Like it's, it's a common theme across the board. Uh, mm. Speaking tongues is a prayer with an answer value of four and a range of 18. If, if answered, pick one enemy unit within range and visible to the chanter. Until your next hero phase, roll a dice each time that enemy unit receives a command. On a four up, the command has no effect. So one in every two commands, or at defense, on the shell, rally, whatever, uh, you are going to be stopping half of them. Yeah, yeah, this is really strong. Like, really, really strong. I think I've seen, the first time I started appreciating things like this was when at a recent one day, I think um, our friend Austin had started running cities and they've got something similar where they can start turning off um, command points on a, a pretty decent roll. Like this is going to be fantastic. Um, from memory, 120 points. Um, I think, you know, you get access to the to the rites of madness or whatever um, the, the prayers are called Correct. now. So, yeah, so fantastic. This, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I'll auto include this guy. I think it's safe to say for his points, he unlocks a lot of things, and the co the command ability is fantastic. Like the turn off command ability, so 
I I really like him. No, he won't be fighting. He's not a beat stick by any means. Um, but you know, range eighteen on the on the turn off commands is cool. I think it's really cool. This is as close to an auto include that I would say in Flesh Eater Course because you also get to in, uh, interact with invocations. It means you can get a priest without going into blister skin. Uh, 120 points is very fair. It doesn't take a lot out of your list. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it is a good war scroll. Uh, it does allow you to bring some of the prayers that we talked about before that we, we were very, very supportive and said that there was some very good prayers. Would yeah. I take two of these arch regions? I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if I would take two, but I would definitely take one in a list and I would try to find a way yeah. to have that 120 points. And um, it's an abhorrent as well, so I can yeah. get... Uh, but, back to yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I can sit on the the channel throne, but I'm not mm-hmm. really getting. I'm not really getting any benefits. Like, it doesn't boost up anything by getting to six, other than the the feeding frenzy and mm-hmm. the, the summoning, yeah. right? So, yeah, and it's also harder too. I mean, he's not going to be fighting. So, I mean, ideally, he's not. So, you're not generating deeds. Um, he's going. No, to no, be you cast. are. No, you are. No. You are you are getting one for the when you when you get a successful prayer off you do get a yeah so I'm 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 getting there yeah yeah so oh, what I was saying is no no it's okay I was just gonna say um so you're not gonna be fighting so you're not really generating anything there you've got your prayers to generate and he's obviously not a wizard so you can't cast and generate so he's not going to be getting any points in a really quick capacity um so you're obviously not really taking him for that yes he's a bit of an abhorrent he can try and bring back units if he has you know the amount of points but it's going to be hard for him but i just like the amount of points he costs and the fact that his speaking tongues last until your next hero phase if you happen to get doubled awesome like the unit still has the effect on them so yeah, I, I think it's nice. I think you're right. In every list that I've tried to build so far, I haven't gone past one. I think it, it's it's hard. And like I said, there's a lot of goodness. It's hard to allocate another 120 points. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely one, I, I think for me. I think he's really cool. I can see this as a backboarding hero sitting on the channel yeah. throne, um, yeah. just racking up the D3 by sitting on the channel yeah. throne, um, maybe the rousing speech as well and, and yeah. doing things. Yeah. Um, I feel like he should get plus one to the rousing speech. Like if the Pope talks to me, I should listen yeah. to the Pope. So plus one to Pope rolls. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe if you wear a hat at the tournament, you get plus one to your Pope rolls. But yeah, I, I'm a fan of this. Um, I yeah. really am. Yeah, he's really cool. It's just so nice to see priests. Like it's just fantastic. Anyone that can ally a priest in, I could almost see. I, I could almost see it coming in as well, especially if more priests and if we get certain. If Daughters of Cain kind of come back into into popularity and Fire Slayers mm. come back into popularity and you start mm. seeing like again invocations, like obviously corn yeah. is out there with hex gorges, but outside of that, mm. well in actually all the invocations, but um I could see him coming into favor uh if priests start seeing a ramp up. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see him now anyway, but definitely with shifts in the meta and stuff, he's definitely got even more of a place based on all I'm, those things. I'm more thinking as an ally, like uh, yeah, possibly yeah. allying anyone that could um, ally. Marrow scroll, I'm not going through because the yeah. war scroll, from what I can see, is 100% um, from... It's the same. It's the same. Yeah. I was not a... Maybe just really quickly, I was not a big fan of the Marrow scroll because when I looked at it initially in Dawnbringers 1, I'm like, 
I don't know if I need these rules. I don't feel like like when I look at this uh, offering a bone or uh, rejecting the bone, it's cool. It's thematical. Mm. I like the rule, but I don't see a lot of use into it. And I don't see like the, 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 the thing that I like the most is probably don't shoot the messenger. And even then, I don't know if I need that rule in my army. Where mm. do you stand on the marrow scroll and do you see something that I don't, other than the fact that it's a courtier, it's probably the only positive I see there, but even then I'd rather a regular courtier. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I actually ran this, um, I ran this once, maybe twice, and I think, like, when they refuse it, you get the strikes first if you happen to be within three inches of a whole bunch of things. Like, I mean, you might be able to, because he's ward his amount of wounds will let him get picked up by flayers. I've run him up, tried to get in with a bunch of units and give them strikes first, but at worst, you're going to fight anyway. Like there's no real benefit and you still have to roll a 2d6 for um, things and you might not even make it. So it's just, yes, it's fun. Awesome model. Love it to bits, but no, I, I think you're right. Apart from the fact that it's probably a cheaper courtier, it's, it's not really going to do all that much for me. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see the reason why I take this over the Pope, the the Gore King, the Gore Warden, the yeah. the Gore Main, like everyone else. And we haven't even got to decapitate it yet, like or the yeah. uh, the new the new Vargulf. Like I just feel like this mm. is the lowest choice of hero yeah. out of my options. But again, if you see something that I don't, leave it in the comment section. Very curious to hear from you, but I just don't see it. I don't see the value. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that. What I, what I do like is the decapitator. Oh, we yeah. were. Uh, great, great sweet, model. Great what a, model. What a sick axe. Uh, he comes with a hood. He comes with a decapitator hood as well, I think. Like, he, the model also comes with an alternative head, I think I've seen on, online somewhere. So that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. I wouldn't know because it hasn't it's not in the box so it's not out yet but uh yeah you might be right i'm sure there's multiple heads and, and alternative options for it mm. he's a little bit more killy you'll notice i've got the heads of his mm. axe ren two for three damages is quite delicious um it is a courtier as well so it might complement you nicely to some of the battle tactics and things like that um and the two rules it's got is in the combat phase after it's fought you can pick a friendly surf unit to immediately fight if it's within three inches and within nine of this so uh you could do the one two punch between the with the decapitator and the crypt guard or the um the crypt ghouls um and then you got the rule called off with their head so at the end of the combat phase if any wounds allocated by this unit's headman axe uh were allocated to an enemy unit and that enemy unit uh, a hero sorry the uh enemy hero and the enemy hero is not slain roll a dice on a five plus the enemy hero is slain mm. this is i mean just another foot hero i think that might be beneficial to take in um morgon I mean, cool. It benefits surfs, obviously. Like, it ties in well. You get a cheeky bite at the apple when he fights first and then lets them fight. Um, the insta-slay thing on a five is nice as well. Um, but, I mean, look, I, I don't think he's super standout. Like, I think he's cool. He's thematic. He's a courtier, all those sorts of things. But, um, yeah, I just, I mean, 
He does what he does. There's no guarantee that you're going to insta-say something. It would be fantastic if you got to buy the Apple and just brought down, you know, a, a, a Gargant or something. Um, oh, they can't be insta-slain. They can't be insta-slain in Bandit. That's right, but, yeah. But, like, it, 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 it'll, yeah. Catch off some, it'll catch off some yeah. things. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, no, one think, in every three. Yeah, I think he. I think he's okay. Um, if I had him in um, Morgon, I, I'd probably run him just because I think he makes sense um, based on his points value and also, too, he doesn't have a lot of attacks, but if for whatever reason you were able to run the... I think it was the artifact where you can spike an extra three hits. Um, mm. That would be fantastic. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I think he does what he does, and I think he could catch people off guard, and if you happen to insta-slay someone, awesome. Um, but yeah, I'd first probably leave him for a, a, a um, Morgon build, I think. Agreed. 100 points, I think a Morgon build would, would work very nicely. Uh, I probably wouldn't put it in a Flayer or a Horror or a Grizzle Gore list, but 100 points is a fair price for a hero. Uh, it might allow you to to take Ashoran, for example, and have still a couple of little minor heroes to to support, and it's the right price. Yep. Um, but and he's playing, I mean, playing a very specific role. Yeah, and I mean, the amount of damage that he does, it might be cool to try and get those Noble D points because, you know, the more wounds that you do, awesome you can generate points a bit quicker and with a high damage profile it might be more viable if that's what's in your head but yeah he, he does what he does and i think we will see him and we won't see him just depending on you know people's you know prerogative i think most lists won't see him but there'll mm. be a reason for you to to yeah. get the crypt gas courtier uh the thing that you're taking the crypt gas the most for is uh very similar to what we just talked about with the um the the, the capitator where uh marshal the peasantry in the combat phase after this unit has fought for the first time in that phase you can pick one friendly surf unit that has not fought yet is within three inches of an enemy unit and within wholly within nine inches so literally the same rule uh that unit can immediately fight so again the one-two punch between serfs and courtier yep same same comments again i guess just a little bit um not worse but obviously misses out on the insta slay cheap courtier um and got a glow up with his um attacks profile but yeah i mean cheap Cheap Courtier, I would be running him in a hollow mourn list for sure, just to try and get a few more heroes around the board. So the question I have is why would I take a Crypt Gas Courtier when I could take the Decapitator? And I say this because it's the same price of 100 points and it's mm. not an error. The Crypt Gas Courtier has four wounds, only four, which is bizarre, yeah. while the, the Royal Decapitator is five. They're both, I, I would, yeah. they're, they're, both uh, they're both not unique, so you can customize them however your heart's content. Mm -hmm. Like what? The the move and the bravery is the same. The save is the same. I get an mm. extra wound and an extra yeah. rule for the same price. Yeah. I mean, a, an extra two attacks would not sway me to take this guy over a decapitator. Like, I would still rather try and bank on the three damage with three attacks. Like, well, it's D3 yeah. damage. Like, it could be ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would much rather take the the decapitator. And with the Ren minus two. So I get a consistent damage yeah. three with a Ren minus two versus a Ren yeah. minus one and a D3 damage. So, yeah, potential insta slay. Like, yeah, far outweighs taking a, a, a Crypt Gas. For the same price. Yeah, yep, definitely. 
No, that's a very okay. good question. I'm interested to see how they adjust those points down the track. Yeah, surely the Krivgas Courtier goes to like 80. Yeah, like, I, I mean, he, I, I, he I, used I, to be 70 or 80. Yeah, he was very cheap. He was dirt cheap. And I only used to take him for Tunnel Master. He was really good. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't missed any rules. And the, the four wounds is definitely not a mistake. It's, yeah, no. I, yeah. I, I'm going to skip this. I'm going to assume it's going to go down to 80 and then maybe yeah. the, uh, the conversations differ, but the Royal Decapitator wins hands down yeah. in, the, in the courtier battle. Fully, yep. Now, a model that's really grown on me. Initially, when I saw this guy, I thought he looked dumb. I really did. I thought it looked goofy, but it's grown on me so much, and I've actually really enjoyed it. I, I was never a fan of the old Vargulf. It was just a weird sculpt that never fit in, very similar to, like, the um, – the I've now forgotten its name in Nighthaunt, the um, – the, the, oh, the, the Boatman? No, not the Boatman. The Forge World monster – Oh, uh, the, um, yeah, the Mongol. The Mongol. Like, the Mongols yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't look... Yeah. The, Mong, the Mongol never angry. looked... But it never looked right in a Nighthorn army, and the old Vargulf never looked right in a uh, flesh eater Quartz army. This, I think, does. Mm. I, I like the pose. It has that very, like, Japanese horror kind of, like, ring to me. Um, at least I, it's grown on me a lot. It's grown on me a lot and I enjoy, I actually really look forward to painting it. So, um, mm. at first though, I hated it. I'm like, this is silly. Like it's a funny, funny face, but it's grown. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I thought I was the same. I'm, I only differ in the fact that I really like the, the previous Fargolf model. And when I seen this, I was like, it just looks a bit gangly. It's a bit not as beefy and chunky and the smash it just doesn't suit a smash bat type of feel but yeah it's definitely grown on me i think when i see it in the flesh too um no pun intended i think it'll be really cool to actually to, to paint up but yeah i mean it's it's still a great model so let's look at what uh what it does right so it's got a decent attack profile between its immense claws and dagger like fangs and while i do some quickly bringing up the old war scrolls to compare the two um was it so to uh, an extra attack uh uh so other than that the immense claws is the same by the looks of it it's just one extra attack the uh, dagger fangs are threes, twos, ren minus two, three, a D3 damage. Okay, so the old war scroll was a D3, while this is now a flat three. So um, uh, a baseline improvement there. Uh, 10 wounds, is, so 10 move is the same. It's got an improved save, so it's now a four up, not a five up. Uh, eight wounds, like it always did, bravery 10, as it always did. Uh, a couple of rules you've got there is the King's Champion, uh, which is similar but different to the old one. So at the start of the combat phase, you can say that it will use this ability. If you do so, add two to the attack characteristics, but it has to target a unit with a wounds characteristic of one or two and doesn't have a mount. Uh, the bounding stride that when it makes a move, it can pass across terrain features in the same manner as it can fly. It doesn't fly, but it can move through terrain as if it did fly. Uh, and then finally, the victory feast. So at the uh, end of the combat phase, if any enemy models were slain by wounds caused by attacks made by that in this phase, you can heal up to D6 wounds allocated to this unit. In addition, at the end of the combat phase, this unit can immediately retreat. It's this rule, the, the, the victory feast between the heal and the retreat, I love. I love this. I yeah. love this because I have played against a lot of Skaven with Scurry Away and it grinds my gears. Frustrating. Now, you, 
now you can fight, heal, and then geek out. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, he's the new parkour champion, this guy. So he doesn't fly, just goes over leaps and bounds. Um, I think, yeah, it's awesome, especially to, if you want to run in, do some damage, heal up, retreat. You can also try and retreat to somewhere else on the board that you'd rather be. Like, you get that extra bit of movement out of him. I think eight wounds, it locks you out of, like we were talking about, let's say if you want to pick him up with flayers, you can't do it. If you want to put him on the um, shrine, can't do it. But I think his damage profile is pretty decent, especially once you start getting extra attacks on him. Um, and the King's Champion rule reminds me of, I think he had an extra two attacks when he was in, within, you know, 10 or more models or something like that. Like he had something where he was yeah, good correct. for horde clearing. Yep. Literally, so this, that, literally, literally that 10 or more models uh, when they choose to target. Yeah, yeah. So it gives me those vibes. Only, you know, it, some depending on deployment and things like that or how the unit set out, it could have been a little bit harder to get that. But now, cool, run into a blob of chaff get an extra two attacks, maybe one from Feeding Frenzy. And, I mean, if you take the artifact that gives you spikes three extra hits, I mean, he's going to do work. Like, there's a potential to jack this guy up. It's not a smash bat of old, but, I mean, he's got potential. And, you know, Cortier, probably a decent base size as well, comparatively to, say, the Decapitator or something smaller. Like, he will be able to try and give you a better range for Feeding Frenzy, I guess. I think for me, can you move your mic closer to your mouth for a second? Yeah. Um, but like for me, like this is great. The first thing that comes to my mind is Liberators. Like if I'm against Stormcast, the Liberators of Indictors, you never saw them in units of 10, right? But they are one to two wound idiots. Mm. This is this this benefits you a lot more. Um, yep. You know, a unit of five or 10, you know, there's so many five or 10, you know, unit screens that have one or two wounds. This is great. This is great. You don't immediately lose your benefit when the unit has lost a model. Yeah, no, no, that's right. I think, um, yeah, he has a, a place and a use, and when he goes into the right units, he'll definitely clear a lot of stuff. He'll do work. Um, My... I, I was going to say I wouldn't necessarily run him into a gargant, but I think against the right units, he'll be he'll be cool. My problem is the cost. The Vargulf, look, I don't think Vargulf is, is an auto-include in any manner. I think it's an interesting tool, but 165 points, I I don't know if I like the model that much for 165. The previous model was, I think it was, a, from memory, it was still 160. 160, yep. No, 160. 160, but you would take this guy, because he was a, a Vargolf Corti, he had the ability to bring back either Surfs or Knights, where, you know, you take a Cryptgast Courtier, it's only Surfs. You take an Infernal Courtier, it's only, you know, Knights and things like that, like the Flayers and all that sort of stuff. So this guy had the flexibility to bring back one or the other, um, which is irrelevant now, technically. So, yeah, I, I think... And you and you also lost the feed on dark, dark magic ability yeah. as well, getting the real hits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's right. He, he, and he was good though. Like the smash bat, the old one was cool. Had a place. You could feeding frenzy. So fight twice. You could jack him up with attacks. You had a free um, hero move. So, but that was with the previous battalion. You give him the hollow mourn, um, move, run, charge, all that sort of stuff. Basically, yeet him in, kill whatever he can until he dies. That was cool, but that's no longer a thing. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Yeah, and and that's why I'm like it's a cool war scroll, and there's, and there's, yeah. has been some improvements. That because it's also lost a few things, I don't know if it's 165 cool. It's probably feels to me yeah. like 140 cool, 150 yeah. at most. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think if you if you chucked him in and he done absolutely like a hell of a lot of wounds clearing out Skaven gobos, like whatever it might be, you'd be like, oh, cool, 165, amazing. But that's not going to happen all the time. And I think we talked about you're going to be squeezed for points and there's every chance that you won't take him. Yeah, I, I, that, that's my general feel. It's like I like it, but uh, there's other choices uh, yeah. that I'd probably pick over the Vargulf um, yeah. than, than this. So, yep. look, the, the Crypt Courtiers, I'm sorry, the Crypt Infernal Courtiers and like the, the Haunter Courtiers, look, they there's a lot of common stuff, right, is that, You've got the, the Crypt Infernal Courtier is similar to the regular Courtier. It can fly. Um, it has a little buff to when it uses its um, its breath attack, where um, if it does, so at the end of the, if any enemy models are slain by wounds caused by the, is it Fotid? Fotid. Fotid yep. breath. Uh, until the end of the, the phase, add one to the damage characteristic of missile weapons used by crit friendly Crypt Flayers. So basically, if this thing does kills a model with its breath attack, uh, it's going to boost other crypt flayers and uh, increase the damage if they're wholly within nine of this model. So if you take a unit of, of, of uh, flayers, you're probably going to take a, a courtier just to support mm -hmm. them. Um, the same is true when you look at the haunter courtier. Um, you go in, you fight with the uh, knightly retinue from the courtier, and then your horrors can immediately fight so long as they're within three inches of an enemy unit and wholly within nine inches of the courtier. So um, you're, you're seeing a combination of one-two punch, whether it's with the horrors and the courtier in combat or the flayers and the uh, whatever it was called, the... The infernal, the infernal, yep. the infernal courtier in the shooting phase. So you're getting a one-two punch either way. Um, all I'd say is, all I'd say is, it's important to note that their damage, like their um, their profiles, have been had some kind of glow up. So I think they attack better. I think it's just important to note that the infernal courtier giving the extra damage is going to make achieving your tactic easier for scream to death when you've got to try yes. and kill a unit with like it's a no-brainer if i'm choosing that and i happen to have those units available i'm going to try and use it to try and achieve that tactic agreed i wholeheartedly agree if i'm taking if i'm taking them i'm probably taking a courtier to go with them but it's yep. just there's too much value that goes with them um mm -hmm. the haunter courtier is 140 points the infernal is 145 points so um and yeah, it needs to make sense. It just makes yeah. sense. And obviously, being a uh, being a courtier model as well, they obviously benefit from the the battle tactic of having it. No, I was also oh. saying the the the, the uh, battle tactic where it's like uh, a surf unit, a knight, and a courtier. Yeah. So yeah, they'll help you score that. You just need the surf unit to, to yeah. go with it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're a no brainer there. Like, if you want to support those particular units, feel free to take one. And yes, the muster and everything else that goes with yep. it. So, um, yep. yep, 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 yep. Crypt Guard, Crypt Guard is uh, the one of the new models that come in the box. You get twenty of these guys. Um, about ten of them can have halberds, and ten of them have swords. I think it is that you don't have enough halberds for the entire twenty. So, I probably will be talking to people and seeing if they like the swords or the other option better, and see if I can get some more halberds. I 
really enjoy the model. I think uh, there's some some nice armor pieces. I love the halberd. I, I like the the detail in them. But the reason you're probably taking them so they're a little bit more of a tankier, juicier crypt ghoul unit. The uh, cursed weapons is nice with the two inch range, two attacks, three threes, ren one for one. Uh, the uh, you what do you get? Um, you can halve the models fleeing from a battle shock, which I guess is okay. The plus one to run and charge from the musician is nice when you talk about extra movement shenanigans in the book. Uh, the the two reasons you're probably taking this the most outside of that is the armor armory of madness, where if any wounds caused by this unit's attacks are allocated to an enemy unit, that enemy unit cannot issue or receive commands until the end of the turn. And then you have the royal bodyguard, which I alluded to earlier, where not only will this unit have a ward of five plus, but if it's bodyguarding a hero within three inches of it. Uh, you'll add one to the ward roll for that uh, that unit, that hero. Now, uh, I would I would assume that this will be uh, errated, and much like the Gobapalooza, much like the Free Guild Command Corp, you will probably see it not stack. So don't be buying three units and trying to get your hero down to a two-up ward save because mm, I, yeah. I, I can't see that world lasting for a long yeah yeah no that's right um i mean as it stands as we assume it stands it's handy for you know people like Sharon and things like that awesome try and get them down that extra little bit um being able to turn off the commands is amazing um i think this unit is really cool it'll be awesome if you can double reinforce it and if you can confirm, are they on the 25 mil basis still? They, they are on 25. That, yeah, they are on 25s. I thought they were going to be on 28s, but they're actually on 25s, which kind of threw me yeah. off. So um, well, with, with two-inch range on 25 mil bases, feeding frenzy, you're going to get a lot of attacks from these guys. If you go into something like a Gargan or whatever, like a big base, you'll get a lot of attacks because two-inch range for 25 mil bases, that's that's quite three, a lot. Three, three ranks. You can do... Yeah. You can, you can do three ranks. Might be worth calling out that um, they're, they're a unit of 10 for 140 points. In that uh, the army box, uh, you get 20 of them. So you could do two units of 10 or you could reinforce them. And as we alluded to earlier, uh, if you do take uh, Morgod as your uh, sub-faction, you can make them battle lines. So you could make them a unit of 30 uh, if your heart desired. Mm -hmm. I think in a unit of 30, the first thing or one of the first things I thought about was with this unit is if you suddenly have a block of 30 with a five up, uh, five up, say five up ward, you take the delusion. So now you're plusing one on an objective. So there are four plus. If you mystic shield all out defense, you know, you're at a two plus save with a five plus ward with 30 models. And like it's, it's suddenly becomes a really big soak. Like it's a big tank and I, I think that is going to be handy as well. So they're not just to, you know, spam and attack and whatever. You could probably use them as a big soaking tool as well. So just another thing, I think, if people want to um, really try and squeeze the juice out of them, that's an option as well. Obviously not literally getting them to a two-up armor save. You'd be just soaking mm. up render, render yeah. you know, to, to your heart's content. Yeah. It is interesting, right? There are, there are 140 points for 10 versus crypt ghouls which are 20 models for 160 so you are either trading bodies for quality of bodies but they are only one wound so uh what works out better what works out worse i think for me 
um, uh, at least taking a unit of 10, especially if I'm doing like spell casting savant or maybe taking the the command trait that gives me plus one to casting spelling and unbinding and plus two if I've got the six. Um, it could be a great bodyguard. I could pick the command trait that they can't be targeted outside of 12. So, you know, I could be, there is some things there, but. You got um, look out, sir, as well. I mean, you get like extra stuff like that. So yeah, I can use them as a, as a, um, you know, an assist for, for keeping a, a particular hero safe. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on what you're looking for, but uh, I, I think they're an interesting, interesting model. I love the bodyguard ability with the, um, the, the ward, especially like you take the Pope, uh, maybe bodyguard the Pope uh, with the mm -hmm. ward, you know, generating a bunch of good things. Uh, or maybe it's a reason to move the Pope into the battle because you're protecting them with, um, with the, yeah. the crypt guard. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. I think, I think they're cool. I think we'll see them. I really like them. So do I. And, th and that's the problem. Like, it's people probably watching this video, it's like, how do I run my army? Because a lot yeah. of things we've probably said is they're cool. They're interesting. And I think it's, it depends. I sit down and go, right, I'm going to build a Holoborn list. Mm. What's my best choice for Holoborn? But then I yep. go to Grizzlegore. I was like, what's good for Grizzlegore? And mm. I think that's where, while we're being really positive and there's a lot of cool things, it's going to depend mm. on the sub-faction and, and yeah, the, yeah, play, yeah. the, the yep. play style. Then like Christian mm. loves his movement. He loves his recursion for me. I like different things. So I think when we start getting to the nuance of lists, that's where I think we would start to splinter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, depending on your, your allegiances, what you want out of the army, it will dictate what you choose. Another unit in the box is the Morbeg Knights, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed building. Um, little little baby terror guys. They're yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, on uh, I can't remember the base size. I think they're a cavalry base size. They might mm. be it might be the Gorgranta base size if I remember correctly, or maybe oh. smaller. I'd have to I'd have to I'd have to have a look. I can't remember exactly the the size base, but you are getting three of these for where was it? I've, I've lost the, the, the was it one hundred and fifty? I swear it was one hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty, yeah, one hundred and fifty. They were cheap. cheap. I think they're, they're cheap. They're one fifty. And uh, they battle line if you have an abhorrent gore warden. So you can take these as as, um, as battle line regardless of your sub faction. A lot of interesting things here, right? So they've got three wounds, which is a little less than your flares and your horrors. They have a better movement at movement 12, save a four plus, which is not bad. Um, you've got the grizzled lance, and then you've got the, uh, the mounts, vicious claws and teeth. You uh, fly, so they natively fly, not ignoring terrain as fly, but actual fly. Um, you get plus one attack for your champion, which is nice. Um, the standard bearer, I really like the standard bearer because you count as three on an objective if you charge in the same turn, which is very nice. The hornblower musician adds plus one to run and charge rolls, which is nice. Um, but the rule that I love is the shrieking charge. So after this unit makes a charge move, you can pick one enemy unit within one inch of this unit, and this enemy unit cannot receive the Unleash Hell command in this phase. In addition, roll one dice for each model in the unit, and uh, this unit uh, is within one inch of the enemy unit. For each four plus, they do D3 model wounds. So where were you when uh, Pretender Slanash was at its peak? and then uh, and also you've got the uh, predators pounce before i, I, I really interrupt christian uh, i just want to say predators pounce pounce uh where this unit can retreat and still charge in the turn so 150 points three models 
uh, retreat and charge, shuts down Unleashed Hell, does some mortal wounds on the charge, uh, counts as three on an objective when they charge, plus one to run and charge, decent profile, consistent, not the highest rend, um, like not the not the best attack profile, but what are, what are our thoughts here for the price? Well, I guess going back, just considering um, Hollow Morn, I mean, you'll get an extra damage on the Lance. You won't on the baby Terrorgeists. Um, I like these purely for the fact that when I've seen it, part of the Wombo combo is use the Abhorrent Arch Regent, get your little movement spell off for anyone who deep strikes so you can um, get a Gore Warden to lead this unit. You can be in the sky, drop down, get your D6 move, charging you're gonna make it like nine times out of ten especially when you've got your um you want to run and charge rolls you're dealing models on the impact hits and then you're basically just trying to soak up the overwatch for how i'm going to play it is i'll run a bunch of monsters as well i'll just try and soak up the units that i don't want to be overwatched by awesome charge the rest in and the rest is history so really like it and you still get that retreat and charge which is really nice so you get to try and recycle get a second chance at the mortal wounds although it is a range of one inch so that's i mean you know they can attack two inches which is nice depending on the base size like you take a blob of six it's cool you'll get punches in bunches um but yeah i just think soaking up an overwatch is really cool like an unleashed hell to be soaked up and then charging with the rest is nice I think for the price, I think um, I would take at least one unit of, of mm. three. Uh, I could see a world where I take two units of three. I don't know if I would reinforce them as a unit of six. I think I like, I think I like them at units of three. But mm. if I took a unit of six on the charge, that would be counting as eighteen on an objective before combat's mm. even started, right? So you will take over almost even a mega gargan, right? Like mm. that, that's it's very close to a mega gargan on the charge. So yep. obviously you've got to you got to survive the combat, but mm. uh, even without the deep striking stuff from the the gore warden, I, I think there's enough in this war scroll that would make me run them. And I love the retreat and charge. And I think this is where I would use that ability. You know, I don't know if I'd make other choices that you've talked about earlier, but the retreat and charge is nice. The mortals are nice. They're avoiding only shell. They're handy. They're, yeah. They're, they're, I think they're very, very reasonably priced. I think they do a lot for that. They're just good. They're a good utility unit. Like you said, if you don't want them in sixes, they do enough as threes. Like, I, I think they're really cool. Um, I think the retreat and charge is nice as well. Um, same sort of thing. You can get out of dodge. If it's unfavorable, go charge another unit. Um, but for what they do, 150 points, I think that's really, yeah, really decent. Yeah. So would, you mean, reinforce, uh, would you reinforce them? I've, I've said not really, unless I want maybe, to take over objectives. Yeah, look, maybe I think in this book and in this faction, reinforcing just helps you with recursion. So I think if you want to get models back, um, you know, feel free. I think you can double reinforce them. But for what I need, I think you just need units of six. Uh, sorry, units of three. Yeah, yeah. Especially though, if you take the I can't remember what the choice was. If you uh, use your noble points to bring down a knight from two cost to one cost, mm. bringing back bringing back a Morbeck Knight for one point through your special way of, of, um, yep. of the no courtier, points, yeah, yeah. 
maybe the unit of six does work out there but mm. for all intensive purposes although i don't really want to spend six points to bring back three from the um well, actually i'd be bringing back two from a unit of three from mm. the summon um summon idiots so yeah, hmm. yeah. i think i still like three i think I, I think i still like threes yeah like i said i think the bigger number is obviously better for recursion otherwise they still do what they do. I think they're really nice for 150 points. Good utility. Um, yeah. I think if people really love them, by all means, roll them in six. Otherwise, three is enough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. All right, I was just looking at some other rules, but no, I, I like them. Um, yep. 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 I think it's fair. Flayers, flayers. We've we've spoken about through Dawnbringers. One, anything now that we've gone through all of your allegiance abilities and stuff. Is there anything you'd call out for the flayers at all? I think flayers just do flayers things. They don't do the mortals anymore, and that was already acknowledged from yeah. prior yeah, updates. The, the talons with the mortals were nice because um, sixes were you know mortals on the hits. But I think these are just good with um, hollow mourn because they're still knights. They get plus one to damage on the charge, like, I think that will be handy and that makes them a bit more appealing to run. High movement's great. Um, but, yeah, just, I think they're good. They have a place. The plus um, one to rend from the previous iteration is nice as well. Um, also can get down to, I think, a two. Yes, can get down to a two based on bravery. They're cool. I think I think they're good. Some people love them. You're either horrors or flayers. See, I'm a, I'm normally a, a flayers kind of guy, but mm. when I look at the the points for the flayers, the flayers are 160 points for three. Mm. The horrors are 130 points for three. Mm. I find it hard to justify not taking horrors over flayers now that the sub faction isn't very specific to mm. boosting up flayers and yeah. horrors. And if you want the deep striking, we've now got the the gore warden who can take the mm. Morbeck knights. So. There's even yeah. more reason for me not to take it unless I want a lot of shooting and mm -hmm. and it unlocks that tactic, like we said. Like, yeah, cool, go ahead. But I think if you look at them, besides the movement factor and things like that, like you can just turbocharge a unit of horrors to do a lot more work than you can flayers. Um, but you obviously lack a bit of range, shooting attacks, things like that. So yeah, I think you're right. For the points, I like, and I'm biased when it comes to horrors because I just love them. I think they're great. Um, I would just take them over the flayers, unless, of course, I want to particularly get around fast and carry a hero and whatnot. I think this current season, because of Hoarfrost, horrors win every day. I think yeah. being able to use yeah. Warrior Elite and being able to change the rend up to rend minus three. Mm that's just too good that's just yeah. way too good and let alone the other extra things we've talked about with the plus one attack and feeding frenzy mm -hmm. with the extra damage yeah. and all the other things like i think it's horrible they go, to, the week. Yeah. they go to the stratosphere at the moment in the current um season they're like there's so many ways to get them so good and they're so worth their points like they're worth way more once you turbocharge them but we'll see they might like the, the validity of the unit might fall off once you don't have whole frost and things like that like it's like we talked about meta changes things change and then suddenly units you might not necessarily see as much correct like if you go outside of this general's handbook there's no whole frost they're only ren minus one if you're tapping into that abhorrent or yep. you know course yeah and then yep. it's 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 average but now mm. that you can go you're going to do ren minus three you can't go ren minus four because you can't yep. do whole frost and chosen yep. of the king yep I, I think it's horrors every day of the week 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, even still hitting on fours, so be it. You can, you know, try and all-out attack, whatever it is, get things through a bit easier. Um, you know, increase the damage, like I said. If you make a charge with these guys, go from three to four instead of two and three. Hectic. Like, so hectic. But we'll see. We'll see what happens after the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your ghouls are the same as well. Um, ghouls just do ghoul things. They're 20 bodies. You can build them up to 60s if your heart desires and double or re or reinforce them as your battle line. Uh, the boundless ferocity is a fun little rule where you get exposed. Uh, or is it they... Uh, if an unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a six, it automatically wounds the target. And if there's 20 or more models, um, it's five and sixes, which is, is okay. Is it's, it's yeah. only a damage one, no rend, but you do get to improve the rend characteristic. Uh, yeah. if there is a courtier or a, uh, an abhorrent, uh, within various ranges, um, yeah. which is not a hard is... thing to do, but yeah, this is, I think this is in a similar position, um, Obviously not the same, but a similar position as the, the horrors. Like, you can squeeze more out of these guys with Horfrost if you have Feeding Frenzy. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, and Auto Wounds is amazing. Like, it's really cool if it happens. But, yeah, I think you can squeeze a lot more juice out of these guys in the current iteration and the current season. But we'll see how, you know, how far people take them after that. See, I would disagree with you because I compare this to my goblins, right? My I, I whore frost my little goblins till their heart's content. The difference is, is that I had range range minus. I, I have a uh, range of two. I can put speed oh, on yeah. them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where these are only range one, range one. So if I, at best, I get two two ranges, uh, like two ranks. Two ranks, yeah. Two attacks, fours and fours. Uh, Hawk mm. frost and the red minus three. I can't mm. trigger models like I can with my my stabbers. Mm. I'm they're fine. I, I yeah. think they're fine. Yeah. I think if I I don't know if I build around like a combat threat. I could defensive and tar pitting and mm. defend my defend my throne, but. I don't know. It's been a long time since Ghoul Patrol and and mm. and Crypt Ghouls were a, a scary thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. Um, they're not like by any means a beat stick unit. Um, I think, and you compare these to the Crypt Guard. I'm taking Crypt Guard, like I just am. Yeah. So, yeah, I think people that like Ghouls, they might be able to. You know, if they're playing the board presence game and they just want to MSU or they just want to spam big blocks, cool, go ahead. Um. All I meant is just you can squeeze more out of these guys, but they're definitely no, you know, they're nothing. Yeah. They're nothing crazy. I, I agree with you, but like also, would I use a noble point to bring back a crypt school? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't think I can justify it. Like, yeah. like when it, when it was free and it was just a dice roll on a two plus, yeah. sure, I'll do it. Yeah. But when yeah. I actually put the effort of either getting spells off, sitting on a, a throne, yeah. getting into combat to get a bunch yeah. of points, and then spending them on these guys. Yeah, yeah. Not when you can spend the, essentially with that artifact the same cost, essentially, to get knights back. Like, yeah. Well, if you did it if you did it with the artifact, you get two ghouls for two. the price yeah. of one. But, yeah. but like when I could bring a knight or a horror or a flyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's where that's. I, I personally, I don't, I've never run Crypt Ghouls other than screens. I just have, I'm just not a ghoul man. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just always try and justify in my head, like if I'm going to bring something back, if I'm going to invest points, just go a bigger, better thing. I agree. That, and that's where I'm at. Um, that's really where I'm at. 
the the last unit we have before the endless spells is the royal beast flayers um i don't think they've changed very much since the last war scroll i think they look pretty pretty standard to me um i think they're a yep. neat war scroll i like uh some of the rules in here uh i guess it depends on what you want out of it right like this very mm. very monster focused piece right and I, we're not we're not quite in a monster meta right now but no. uh, i i think they bring enough to the party if you want to run them yeah look they were cool when before the faq when instead of summoning like it was surfs right so you could bring these guys instead of yeah. normal ghouls awesome fantastic you know used to run these you know to try and summon them that was fine um i mean monstrous rampages um you know cancelling that's cool especially you know gargants and you know other things that was nice but i think yeah we're not in a monster meta so how often we now see these will be i don't know i don't know it's cool like you get more out of them too right compared to a normal ghoul unit you've got the dogs and the hunting pole arm which you know they attack half decently but other than that yeah um there's, I don't there's know. no way but there's no way to make them battle line right now so no, um, no, no, there's no, no there's no way at all so uh, if no. i look at the, again the the crypt guard or the ghouls um i just don't know the role that these are playing Mm. at least in the current season but again mm. who knows what's going to change and what's going on and there yeah. are some cool rules if you need it but right now yeah. it's a it's a utility piece that you bring in if you need it yeah yeah they perform a very specific role um and if you want to run that and have that utility awesome if not then leave them at home the last set of of war scrolls before we get into the points and we just reflect on the point is uh the three endless spells so um you might need to remind me a little bit i don't i didn't quite get a chance to reflect on the old versus the new but how do these look compared to the previous like the chalice seemed pretty close to what it had always done mm -hmm. um yep these are these are more or less the same they're, they're very very similar um the corpse mayor stampede as well that's pretty much the same um yeah i think it, the thing that I never lent into, obviously, was the chalice because I wasn't running um, a lot of ghouls and things like that, but that will be nice for things like Crypt Guard. Um, I think the Cadaverous Barricade is nice when it's set up and um, you're halving movement, which mm -hmm. is always good. Um, and also blocking off, you know, um, paths of movement and things like that, that's all good. But I, I challenge anybody to start making a list and trying to fit all the good stuff in whilst making space for something like these. The, these are all like cool, but I, I just have not found the points to fit. Barricade, is, and this is the challenge, right? Because Barricade, for example, is 20 points, which is really cheap. 20 but... now, is it? Yeah, it's only 20 points, So, okay, yeah. uh, which which is great, right? So here's your points, by the way. Oh, that's um, cheap, yeah. So, so, so barric we'll, we'll hold on, right? So Barricade's 20, uh, Chalice is 50, and Corpse Mare Stampede is 60, all right? Mm -hmm. But Christian, would you spend 20 points on the, uh, the Barricade, or would you try to improve your chances to get a Triumph? Or, or, would you, or, or would you find 30 points instead of 20 points to go to Grave Tide, for example? Yeah, look, I think when you put it like that, I think, I mean, 
a, a triumph for a plus one to wound is really nice. Like everyone knows that it's really good. Um, especially when you're trying to clear things, like even going back to the tactics, you want to kill a monster with an abhorrent, bust out a triumph, try and achieve that tactic. Like it's handy. Um, especially when in previous times too, you've seen people intentionally try and run cheap lists or cheaper lists to try and get that triumph. Cause it's a big deal, especially things like gits, um, anyone that needs that extra, um, you know, ignore battle shock, things like that. So I was literally going to say that because that's the other yeah. thing is like it's just denying your opponent, right? You got a lot of bravery yeah. debuffs and a lot of like yeah. do not take battle shock. If you can yeah. stop people from using that triumph, that's even more powerful to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, look, to answer your question, I think I'd probably be inclined to go a triumph because it's just handy. Um, and yeah, if, if I had to choose, a grave tide is nice. Um, I just can't see myself running um, any of these spells, but not to say that I never would, but for me, there's other options that I'll probably choose. Yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at. So by the way, here's the points on the screen. We've kind of talked a lot about it throughout the throughout the video, so you can see where the points land. Uh, you know, things may change. Uh, in Traditionally, there's like a, an errata like four weeks approximately after the book. They might do city style where cities got their errata uh, about bigger errata when the book was on shelf so this is a this is a limited edition uh, i keep bringing it up right so this box is limited so it'll be around for a certain amount of time um i don't know when the actual battle tome will be a release on the general public so i imagine at that point you'll have the proper faq again i mentioned january to march sometime i would imagine so uh, if you're a flesh eater courts fan and um this box, I guess, has all brand new stuff, right? Literally everything is new. So it's not like previous boxes where there's some things you didn't need, some things like it's, uh, it's all new stuff. So, um, and I think we generally mostly a fan, right? We like the Gore Warden. We like the Crypt Guard. We like the Morbeck Knights. We're on the fence with the Vargulf, especially at the points value, but mostly mostly pretty useful stuff here. Um any, anything from the points that really stand out we haven't really talk, talked about? Like, obviously, Nagash is in here, by the way. Uh, the Na Nagash War Scroll is exactly the same as it is in every other book. Nagash is Nagash. Nagash is, 100, is 965 points. I'm not going to talk about Nagash. Um, but... I think, from memory, I feel like you could take Ghouls in 10s um, for 80 points. You used um, to. Then, you used yeah. to. That's what I used so, to do. Yeah, so that's when I took them as screens. I'd take them in tens. Just interesting to note that now minimum size twenty. Um, things have come down. Things have come up. Um, I think the so your big beasts are a little bit more expensive now. Things like your arch region are like a hundred points cheaper, but it's just a different role. Your horrors have gone up. They were super cheap at one ten. Um, I think one hundred and forty points is probably reasonable in where they should have been. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think when people start making lists they'll find i think they'll quickly find that there's a lot of cool units that they want in here that they'll run out of points for so um yeah there's just so much horrors, business in horrors, horrors are 130 by the way i made a mistake there it's 130 points, oh, okay so yep. I, yep, I'll, yep. I'll fix this in post-production but it's 100 it's 10 points difference like bear with me folks i literally typed this entire every slide you've seen here i typed word for word so i'm sure there's a couple of errors here and there but um yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's cool. But uh, look, this has been three and a half hours of, of glory. Mm. This is a big flesh eater courts. Um, 
what's your summary? I guess, like, what, what is your summary at this particular point that we've now gone through the book, we have done a decent, not thorough in-depth, super in-depth uh, analysis, but I think we've given you enough to get you thinking about how you may tackle the new book, what's changed, what we like, why we like it. We, we were very positive on a lot of things, but I think, again, when you start breaking down the sub-factions and start building your lists and your combinations, you will see that some things will drop off. We we like some of the utility, but there's going to be things that yeah we value in certain builds and certain areas and certain combinations more than others. So, um, Christian, what's, yeah, your, look, what's, what's your wrap up, man? I think to summarize, I'm just as a like objectively as a as a flesh eater courts player. I think I'm glad that it's kept true to its roots. It does what it does, but it just does it in different ways. Um, I think this book is going to be interesting because it gives the player an extra challenge in the way that they micromanage trying to get those buffs off and things like that. Um, still has movement, still has, you know, bring back units, things like that. Um, I'm interested to see where the meta goes with this or what the people's go-tos will be. And I think you're right. There's things, depending on how you want to build the list, how you want to run it, I think you'll have to basically just chop a lot of units. Um, so, you know, if you're a ghoul player, cool. You might not see monsters. If you're a monsters player, you might not see many ghouls. Um, but that's much the same as it was before. So my summary is I really like it. I'm excited to actually just get it on the board, see what works, see what doesn't. Um, they definitely have, like, things like changes to CPs. We didn't see a single command ability on any scroll. So really interesting to see. The fact that we've now got, um, you know, buffing to defense now, which we never had, awesome. Um Mobility still there, yeah. It's 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 cool. So I'm just interested to get it on the board. I am pretty optimistic. And look, if you were someone who really liked the old rules, I'm sorry you lost them. Um, and look, you were uh, the book was relying on a lot of like second edition tactics, right? They would like not battle tactics, but like things that have just been gone out of favor, right? You know, lots of re-rolls, the, the CP heavy, like every hero was CP, commands, commands, commands. It's simplified. There's a lot of spells, a lot of abilities, a lot of, like I said, they, they have gained an extra dimension. Now that will, that will, um, people really enjoy that. But I think also some people were like, oh, I don't like the the complexity now and I don't want to be counting up my, my noble knight points. And like that's cool. You don't have to build into it, right? I just got to your six points for feeding frenzy and and uh, play to your heart's content or just keep using for recursion and, and avoid some of the shenanigans. But I think that there is a lot of dimension. And I think you will see Flesh Eater Quartz is an army that rises in popularity and falls in popularity mm. really quickly, yeah. right? You go to a tournament and there are either heaps of them or there's almost none of them. Mm. I think this is the type of thing that will adapt to the meta, adapt to the, um, the, the changes in the game a lot more because you have more tools in your toolbox where mm -hmm. the likes of Daughters of Cain, for example, are struggling because they are one-dimensional. Like they mm. just, they just they, they, and and like the changes to rally has really hurt them. And there's a, they rely on Morathi. It's like the Morathi's going really good, or Morathi's yeah. overcosted, and they just drop. Um, yeah, yeah. This I think I've said it to you before. I think this this army will have a higher 
skill ceiling. Like, I think it just will. Um, I think that will be a good thing or a bad thing for players, depending on if they like a simple army, like a one-trick, you know, do something up, go and kill, whatever. Um, That is now not the same. It's similar, but you just have different ways of doing it. But like you said, more utility, uh, more flexibility with what you're doing. Um, And whether people or not take to that, it just depends. So, yeah, you're right. You'll either see them a lot or you won't. But either way, I think of a, in a whole, um, they're just going to be funner to play in my in my um, personal opinion. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Cool. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I guess preview on release day for uh, for the new flesh eater courts. Again, you know, Games Workshop did send me this in advance, and I really do appreciate um, having an opportunity to get into the weeds and you know, Christian helping me along the way to to help you start to unpack the book and starting to think about how maybe you might. You know, I know people are thinking about buying two of those boxes, and maybe through this video, they're like, you know what? Um, maybe I don't need enough crypt guards, uh, crypt guard, guard, but I sure as hell want to get more Morbeg knights. Or um, they they start to think about things that maybe they weren't thinking about initially, and uh, maybe they're starting to think about how they they might evolve. Like I have I have four boxes of uh, flayer horrors. Three of them are unbuilt, and it's like, okay, what do I build? Flayers or horrors? And mm. I think from this conversation, the horrors is is probably where if I was taking to a tournament right now. I'd be building more horrors and then I'd be like, right, well, what complements my horrors? What's their mm-hmm. play style? What's the sub-faction? What's going to mm-hmm. boost them? And it gets me down this rabbit hole that's really exciting. And eventually my army's ready to go when Ashoran hits and, and again, when he drops and I'll be ready to take it to my next GT. But yeah, if, yep. if you want... And if you are thinking about buying it and you want to support the channel, uh, please check out the partner links down below, uh, Element Games in the UK and Warp Fire Minis in the US. Uh, a percentage of that money will go towards me and the channel. We're doing some things. very excited. I, I'll, I'll spoil it now. Uh, I'm actually building a gaming table at home. So uh, yeah, maybe get a little bit of a rig, maybe do some things. Uh, Christian is semi-local to me, so maybe, maybe, maybe it's a battle report one day. Who knows? Who yeah, knows what, yeah, give me a go. There's no seasons of war here just yet, but you know, maybe there's some things coming. Maybe there's some things coming down the line. But uh, look, all this stuff costs money, and uh, if you are either supporting on Patreon or you can help out with, you know, things like purchasing from the, these game stores, uh, it would help a lot. But uh, I won't be eating noodles and rice because you didn't buy from me. Whatever. Uh, it just does help the channel. Christian, any shout outs, anything like it is late in Australia. It's almost like release time. Uh, anyone you want to shout out, you want to say hello to, uh, if people want to chat to you, are you on the internet at all? Um, um, look, I keep a pretty, pretty low profile. I am, um, pretty regular at tournaments and stuff like that. So I'm always keen to, um, yeah, to go in and grudge, you know, fun players and, and get stuck into the nitty gritty. Um, I guess I'll just shout out to, um, my partner in crime, Mitch, my twin brother, um, obviously doing well with um, Destruction and Iron Jaws and stuff like that, coming off the back of Worlds. Um, I think the rest of the Australian crew that we tend to play around, um, Joel the Goat, Graham, um, of course, and a lot of the American boys that we ran into it um, at Worlds. So Caleb Scooter, um, even Richie from Team UK, fantastic fella. Um, yeah, and just thanks for, for having me on the, on the, on the pod. Pleasure, pleasure, and we'll catch up. Uh, Christian is one of my locals at uh, at Dice Arcade, so uh, I can't wait for you to get this box and we can duke it out and um, put some of your theory into practice. Yeah, yeah, super keen, man. I can't wait till it comes out. 
All right, well, folks, put your comments in the comment section. We've made a lot of claims, a lot of thoughts. I'd be curious to hear from you. Are there things that you think that we completely missed? Uh, am I being too hard on the marrow scroll? Am I talking up certain units too, too greatly? I want to hear from you. What do you think? What are your thoughts? What's the list tech? And if you want to get into the weeds of this, um, check out my Discord. There's over 8,000 people. Uh, there's a big active group of Flesh Eater Courts players. I'm sure we'll be breaking down this battle tome and building out lists and practicing on Tabletop Simulator. I'm sure there'll be plenty going on. So if you want to kind of advance your game and get ahead and kind of hear what other people like you are thinking, uh, come chat with us in Discord. Link is below as well in the link tree. Everything's in the link tree. Go click that button over there, link tree, and uh, support the channel. Come check out Discord. And uh, Christian, I want to go to bed, man. I've got a music festival. So when this goes live, by 100%. the way, this goes live, I will be, I think, watching Limp Biscuit or uh, Sepatura or Fallout oh, Boy. There, yeah. I'm, a, I'm at a music festival at this time. So uh, say hello, leave me a comment, and uh, we'll chat all later. But Christian, you're a legend. Thank you for your time. Mm. Hope you enjoy the video. And let's uh, all wrap up. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. Now, if you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video, as well as left me a comment with your thoughts. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the episode description. I also want to give a massive shout out to the AOS Coach patrons and YouTube members who are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you are all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a double one on a spell cast.